What is going on, my good people? This is Unnecessary Rambling. I am Brandon Sylvia. This is episode 14 or 15. I'm not 100% sure at this <laughs> point, but we are here and uh, I'm really excited today. We got some some game-changing announcements coming, some some big stuff in the works, and I'm really excited to be joined uh, by my brother, Mr. Jeffrey Martin. What's going on, man? Hey, hey. What's up, Brandon? How's it going, man? Pretty good, dude. So I wanted to... Uh, give the people a little bit of a, a look behind the curtains to what we've been discussing. Um, so just to, to lay it out quickly, and then I'm going to let Jeffrey kind of introduce himself. We're now going to be doing unnecessary rambling together each week on the programming. It's going to be me and Jeffrey. He's going to explain, you know, who he is, give a little background here in a second, but I, I'm just really, really excited, man. And I want once again to to thank you for coming on and allowing me not to talk to the damn wall for an hour <laughs> each week. I'm just really pumped to discuss games with someone who really enjoys games. Me and Jeffrey have been friends for a couple years now at this point, shooting the breeze, you know, through text messages and stuff like that. And uh yeah, man, I'm just really excited to have you on board. And then I know we share some similarities with the survival horror, love for survival horror, and uh, some of the preferences there. So, and also, I think you provide a wide range of knowledge for games I'm not knowledgeable knowledgeable about, like 3D platformers and such. So, I'm really glad to kind of, you know, have some of that equal ground and also have you kind of working in the areas that I'm not too qualified to discuss. <laughs> <laughs> for sure, man. That was a good little opener. Thank you. I'm, I'm glad to be here yeah brandon and i quick little story brandon and i have been friends for as he said a couple years internet friends maybe one day in person friends he used to run a channel easygoing gaming i used to run a channel the indie gaming guild we kind of met through that and became friends and helped each other along and just kind of stuck with our friendships even after those channels and so he's been rocking it here on unnecessary rambling and when he when he asked me to come be a part of this video podcast each week there was a no-brainer and uh, i'm pumped to be here so just a quick little background. I don't want to waste anybody's time. Yeah, my name is Jeffrey Martin. So as I said, I used to run a successful indie game review channel. That's how I met Brandon. Uh, currently, I'm a professional content creator and video producer. So I work for watchmojo.com for their gaming uh, channel, their YouTube channel called Mojo Plays. So I make uh, you know gaming content and videos for them. Can you hear that? Yeah, it's fine, dude. No, don't no. worry about it. All right. Well, apologize to anyone. They're doing work right above where I live. So if you hear hammering, I'm so sorry. I don't know what to do about that. I can't tell them to stop. You can't help it. We'll go with it. But yeah, I work for Mojo Play. So I make videos for them, list videos, fun things like that. So you can find me over there if you want to see a bunch of stuff I make. And I also work for the uh, gaming website, Game Rant. I'm an onboarding list trainer. So for all the writers that come on and write lists for Game Rant, I train them, get them up to speed. Um, I'm also a self-publishing writer for Game Rant and The Gamer. I hate this. I hate this whole thing about talking about what I do. It just feels so weird. And so as I'm in the middle of talking about it, I'm like, stop talking about it. Stop talking about it. <laughs> well, but anyway, yeah, that's just a little bit of what I do in, uh, in the games industry. And so, yeah, I'm just pumped to be here, man. It's going to be a good time each week. Yeah, it's just important to kind of, you know, give people a background for, you know, the the places they can find you, the stuff you you uh you work on and yeah, I I I just appreciate you appreciate you coming on board and um I'm really excited to really excited to get this kicked off especially with the uh, slew of survival horror games that are on the horizon seems ever imminent with the the alone in the darks and the silent hills and the you know, it's just it seems like a good time to bring you on and um Hopefully, you know, I, I 
we haven't really discussed this, so we're just kind of shooting off the fly here. But you know, I was thinking also maybe some deep dive reviews that me and you could do together for like games that we're both playing and really get into the weeds and and discuss some of those, like some of the big survival horror titles that we're excited for. That's something that I, I think bringing you along into the mix could really help strengthen areas like that because you know it's hard to do a solo rambling review when you're just one person and then trying to pull up all the notes on the fly and stuff so <laughs> i think that'd be something cool that we could maybe work on in the future yeah that that sounds good to me so for anyone watching you know you already know brandon's been doing a great job for all the either subscribed and watched him build this thing you know thank you for doing that he's a he's i'm a fan of yours you already know that above and beyond us being friends and all that i'm already a fan of yours so to be here doing this seeing what ideas we can come up with it's going to be good so if you guys like this and you, and you enjoying what you're seeing yeah join us each week as you already have we got some good stuff for sure and i i do want to say guys like i my brain with my my creativity wheel that's always spinning the the ideas that i i think we could come up with here for a two person kind of back and forth format. I really think we can come up with some, with some cool stuff. We're already working on some things behind the scenes that we want to get ironed out before we bring it to you. But uh, we got a packed show this week, so I'm not going to take up too much more <laughs> of your time with the, the introduction. I mean, we are, loaded with topics loaded with content and i kind of threw it all at jeffrey <laughs> right there <laughs> in the in the i uh, threw him right in the line of fire so uh i apologize for for having jeffrey doing some extra extra homework on the fly there real quickly but we wow. got a packed packed show and um great season to start talking about games getting hyped about games and um yeah man if y'all enjoy the content Make sure to stick around, subscribe, all that good stuff. Give the video a like, kick it out to more people. If you're listening on the audio platforms, rate, review, subscribe, all of that good stuff. So yep. without any uh, further further introductions there, let's do this. Let's kick it over to, to what we're playing. And I'm going to let you go ahead first because you got me beat big time. You You got a laundry list of titles that you've been checking out. So I'm curious to hear some <laughs> of these. So the reason for this is because anyone that's already been watching Brandon for a while knows that he's so good at playing a wide swath of games. And I tend to, I used to try a lot more games. I don't have as much time now, but like I keep trying to have as many games with like through Game Pass, especially that's a good one. But um, so that I was trying to compete with you. I was like, man, he has like 12 games he plays in his videos. I better hurry and play like a bunch of games. So that was actually a big impetus for this, but I'm going to kick it off with one that I won't spend too much time on it, but I've already beat Hogwarts Legacy. I, for me, Hogwarts Legacy is the 2023 game of the year. I know we have a lot of the year to go, but I adore that game. It's my favorite game of all time currently. Oh, um, okay. Yeah, all right. We'll get spicy already. Don't you worry <laughs> about it. Um, you know, we'll see what happens, but uh, I adore that game. You can see I got a bunch of like, Harry Potter stuff, but uh, I just think Hogwarts Legacy is a fantastic game. It's a beautifully built world. Obviously, if you're a fan of the source material, of course, it's going to be that much better, but the fact that it launched without issues, the fact that it launched in just like a playable, wonderful state is so rare these days, but above and beyond that, it's just a beautiful world to explore. And so to keep it short, I ended up beating it uh, right when it came out, but then I'm um, just going back on a second playthrough to try to just get more into the world. I just, I can't get enough of it. Um, and I know you've played it too, right, Brandon? Yeah. Yeah. I finished it as well. I actually, when I was uh, preparing for the show and went and captured some footage of my old gameplay, I was like, God, dude, I was just reminded by how diverse the gameplay was with the different spells that you can swap between and all that. And then, you know, I'm, I'm watching the footage of taking off and just hovering over this humongous world. I was like, this is truly stunning. And I don't, 
think it gets quite the attention and love that it deserves. Like this is, in my opinion, legitimately, it, it, I don't know if it's, it's close for my game of the year. I don't think it'd be number one for me, but <laughs> it is so like, it, it's, if you're an open world fan, cause I'm not a Harry Potter guy. I don't really, I don't know anything about it. Oh. I dated a girl in right out of high school. So I was like 1920 and she really enjoyed Harry Potter. And I, I watched it. I watched a little bit of it with her, but I, you know, never really paid attention or took in any of the information, but this did, it didn't prevent me from enjoying the game at all. Like I'm sure there was an extra layer of attention to detail that I missed because I didn't have that source knowledge of the source material, but it is a great game to just jump into. If you're a fan of open worlds, I, it is legitimately an all-time great open world game yeah that that's cool here i actually didn't know that you weren't a fan of harry potter so that's neat that you like it even without just caring about the source material because with the source material love that i have like it's it, yeah anyway, i could gush for a whole video on this we won't waste too much time but that's cool that you also dig it for those reasons as well and again it need it can't be understated how much a game nowadays that releases without issues that game still never threw in any microtransactions and it's from wb i hate that it's not getting discussed about that when every other game is seemingly dropping with major issues major patches this one just flew under the radar so it just i don't know it needs more love for that as well but i don't want to waste that time on, on just talking about that part of it no and you're, you're right because even my my game of the year came out in a rough state i would say my game of the year is probably jedi survivor right now real close between that and resident evil 4 resident evil 4 came out flawlessly obviously but like yes. jedi survivor came out with some issues and and i would still say that uh people talk more about that and you know uh more about jedi survivor in a positive light than they do of hogwarts legacy in a positive light and it's like dude hogwarts legacy is a, a bigger game and i'm not trying to compare the two you know right. it, it, they're both great but like Hogwarts Legacy is humongous, tons of side content. There's just so much to do in that game. And it, it came out really in an incredible state. So yeah, I totally agree with that, man. Um, what have you been playing, man? Let's let's hop into what one of yours, because you always give me some good recommendations. So I, I want to hear what you're playing. I got one for you, dude. Killer Frequency. Have you heard of this? No, I don't think so. No. What's, what's it all about, man? This... <laughs> and I, I, I hate that, like, I, I really feel like a broken record at this point coming in here. There's been so many indie horror games this, well, uh, three indie horror games this year that I've just really, really loved. And like, I gotta say this to me is an all time great indie horror game. You're playing <laughs> as a, a radio DJ. You, you came from like the big city and you, you, uh, something happened. You, you get relegated to like a small town radio DJ job and your first, it's not your first shift, but it's your early on in the job and you, something goes wrong and the 911 gets routed to your radio station because you're in a super small town and they want to broadcast the 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 serial killing that is taking place they want to broadcast it over the radio so everyone can kind of be prepared and know where the serial killer is at so they can kind of avoid it and uh they, they pretty the the serial killer pretty much like wipes out the the local town police there's only a few police in the town he wipes them out and uh i shouldn't say he uh but <laughs> I, I, damn anyways spoiler, uh spoiler, yeah, spoiler, spoiler. I'm a, i might have to clip that out but uh <laughs> we, we um so you play as this radio dj and your whole entire goal in the game 
is just to make decisions that will prevent people from getting killed. So it's essentially like a puzzle solver. You'll have like, you'll, you'll go and find a map of the town and you're routing people on how to avoid the serial killer, getting around the serial killer. And it's all choice based. It's all decision based. And it's just like nonstop fun. There's not a moment of this game that is like a, a low moment. Everything is, is running at 10 the entire time. It's so so goddamn good and the, it's a nice twist revelation at the end there with a re real good like climax final moment of the story and yeah i just i absolutely loved this game just a decision-based kind of horror game where you're playing as a radio dj trying to save people's lives that's kind of the baseline setup for it it's it's tremendous that's a cool setup you know i mean even just the way you described it i've never the first thing that comes to mind, and I'm not trying to be reductive here, when you explain it, for some reason, the vibe that I'm getting, and you can tell me if this is incorrect, is like a Five Nights at Freddy. Is this one of the games where you're like just sitting in one spot? Or or is it like, an, do you still like, is it like third or first person? How does it kind of play out? Because to me, I get the vibes of like a FNAF, but again, I, that might be reductive. So it, it, It's first person and it is, it's almost like, it's just like a Telltale game. The only thing I would say for like my wish is that if we got cutscenes to see the the murders taking place or to see people avoiding the murders and kind of seeing what your decisions resulted in because you get to talk to the people and talk them out of getting killed but <laughs> you you well you know get talk them to avoid getting killed i should say and talk them out of, i like that talk them out of it You're like <laughs> you, you don't want to get killed today right nah, i guess not you're right let's just see ya <laughs> cool, cool thing though if you don't like someone you can straight up navigate them straight into the killer and there's no like there's no end screen for it like you don't have to replay something so if there's someone you're like okay this politician dude sucks i'm navigating him straight to the killer he's getting whacked and i'm just going on with my day but like What's and you can you can also you can also save right at any moment you can save so if you make a, a quick you know error you save right before it go straight back to before you you made that mistake and just replay it that way or if you want to see like the multiple different outcomes save it go right back to it and and see the entire entire layout that they created there it's really really good like i said the only thing i wish is that we could see a little bit more of what goes on since it's just kind of a text-based um adventure i i'm sold man i don't i try to be abreast of like every single tiny little game that comes out from my experience in the past of indies and stuff but i don't think i saw this one which is a bummer because Anyone that will, will come to know or now knows, like we both love horror games or those horror adjacent games. So I, yeah, all right, cool, man. You sold me on it. I need to, find, I need to try it now. I'm slacking. Yeah, it, it's it's really really good. I would recommend, and it's got a physical copy. I know a lot of people uh, still, you know, prefer to grab a physical copy of it. Go and grab one. I think it was, if I'm not mistaken, it was twenty nine ninety nine. So a good price for a physical copy. It's like a four and a half hour game or so with a ton of replayability. Like. I really couldn't recommend this higher. It's it's maybe not my indie game of the year, but it's really, really close between that and another. So wow. dang, dang solid. That's a big one. All right. Well, I'm I'm sold, man. I need to check it out so we can talk about it. Because that well, I won't I won't say anything else. Hit me with your next one, man. There, there's one on here. Can can you uh I don't I don't want to cut you off here, but could could we talk about Amnesia the Bunker a little bit? Yeah. Okay. How much yeah, have no, you played of that? Can. So I'm going to be honest, I've only played about an hour. Um, I was, so to give background on Amnesia games, I do really love the Amnesia games. I, I remember like back in the day, I had this really crappy Mac 
And like, it was like, however, whenever the first amnesia, the dark descent or whatever, like the original one that became more popular um, from frictional games. I remember trying to like boot that up on like a super duper old Mac and it like barely ran, but I was so excited to jump into cause it wasn't on console. Um, but the amnesia games I really have enjoyed throughout the years. The, the most recent one was amnesia rebirth. I think from a couple of years ago, I really liked the story in that um, to be honest, amnesia, the bunker, I wasn't excited to try. And the reason not because of the story or the setting or, Frictional games can create some good stuff with that. It was because it was going to be like an open-ish bunker World War II area where you just kind of got to avoid this monster and then like you kind of just figure out where to go and what to do. And for some people, that's great. For me, I I, I feel like I need to be guided everywhere. Either I'm too dumb or like I just can't figure out to go. Again, why I love Hogwarts Legacy? Because you can just press a button and it tells you exactly where to go. You don't got to do that. You can just do what you want. But Amnesia the Bunker, I will say in the first hour that I played, because it's on Game Pass, um, the atmosphere is on point. Holy crap. The opening in the first like 20, 30 minutes of, I won't spoil anything, throwing you into the bunker. I was terrified. I was playing in the middle of the day with some headphones in and I was still terrified. Um, the way it just sets up the darkness and the way you're alone, how you just move throughout the world. The thing that I'm just not I actually uninstalled it. I'll be honest. The reason why is because I'm about an hour in and I realized this is a game that you're just going to have to wander around and figure out where to go on your own without much clues. That's fine for some people. For me, I, that's just not my cup of tea. I'll get frustrated and I lose the scare factor. Um, so I dipped out of it, but I will say the first hour was immersive as far as storytelling and sound and design gameplay wise just seems a little too open-ended for me personally. Um, go. <laughs> it, it I had a really buggy experience of mine and I captured what? some gameplay of it. Yeah, I captured some gameplay. My character like got stuck in between these two barrels and just his health was like deplenish the depleting, like constantly, rapidly depleting. And I grabbed gameplay of it, so you'll be able to see it here in the in the footage wow. I'll, I'll roll. But like I was just like, dude, what is going on here? And then I don't know. It just felt clunky to play to me. I, I and I'm not. I'm not totally. I I think I will go back to it at some point because I actually some of the things you 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 didn't like about it are things that kind of sound cool to me, like the spontaneous encounters and you know because I had the dude bust through the wall and he kills me and it's like oh man that is awesome like that really got me intrigued to see more of it but and. Mm -hmm. The, the reason I did check it out was because I saw, you know, you have a gun and you have kind of a little bit more interaction going on. And I, I, I'm curious to see more of it, but I think I might just wait until a patch or because I don't want to because the thing that I heard was that there's like 30 minutes at times between checkpoints. And I'm not going to go and, and get stuck in between a couple barrels and lose a bunch of my health and, and get one hit killed because of that and then be reset back 30 minutes prior. Like, I, I, I'll i wait until it's patched out. I'll wait until it's cleaned up a little bit, go back to it and, and see if it's for me because I think it will be for me. And I think that they really depict the 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 horror of war really really well and not trying to trivialize it and make it look like this flashy bang bang hoorah fun thing like it seems dark depressing and kind of dealing with the trauma the the literal ptsd of that like i i feel that that's where they were going with the narrative if i'm not mistaken mm -hmm. and i i want to see more of it but I, I, I'm not going to just run through a bunch of bugs with, with 30, 45 minute checkpoints in between, not, not doing it. 
that's a that's a bummer first experience did you did you check it out on on your series x on game pass yeah did you play it day one i'm just curious mm-hmm. okay i played it a few days later well i guess a couple days later so they must have done a patch because i didn't experience any of those issues that you had the game ran really smooth the, the clunkiness i will say that i feel like have you played any of the other amnesia games i should ask I haven't because, like I said, I, I was really into this one because of the more, a little bit more agency, seemingly. So I was like, oh, you know, I kind of caught my eye. I was like, let me, let me check this thing out. But I, I didn't play any of the other ones because, but, but I love, and I will talk about one of their other games later on. I, I really, really loved Soma. And so I, I want to go back and, and replay through the, uh, the other Amnesia games. The Amnesia games are, and I don't get it. Maybe this isn't fair to say they are a bit clunky in the sense that you can tell originally they were obviously meant to be a, a mouse and keyboard because you kind of like open up every door and tinker with everything. Yes. Obviously that can be done just fine on consoles. Plenty of games have done that, but I do know what you mean about the clunkiness. That just feels like their design decision to like interact with everything. Um, but yeah, when I, when I was playing it, I kept thinking of you. Cause I was like, Brandon would probably like where you can just kind of explore and like figure this out on your own. I'm just, again, I'd need to be guided by the hand and be like, do this, do that, do this, do that. Otherwise I'll just freak out. So, um, yeah. Hey, hopefully you can get a better experience if they patch it for you or whatever happens, but it's the promise is there for sure. Yeah. It, yes. And that, that is one thing I will say the promise is definitely there. And I imagine on PC in particular, I imagine that this experience is probably really, really solid. Um, and, and a little bit less clunky, but you know, I'm, I'm always going to be a couch guy, sit on the, sit on the or a couch guy, always be a console <laughs> guy so that I could sit <laughs> on my couch to chill on the TV, watch the, you know, uh, play, play while it's, uh, you know, while I'm sitting on the couch chilling. I just like that experience a little bit more than the PC, but did you, hey, you play, you played it on series as well, right? You can be a couch guy if you want. Don't worry about it. <laughs> I'm we'll definitely still, that. <laughs> we all still love you here. Don't worry. You can still be a couch guy if you want. I'm a couch guy too. Dude, um, I actually, I, th this is totally off topic and we're already running long. I, for the <laughs> longest time, wouldn't sleep in a bed. I, I would sleep on, on couches. I, I hated sleeping in bed. I hated laying straight back. I, I always liked having, you know, like propping my head up on the little, I, I, I never, I never liked sleeping in the bed. I, I would always sleep the first house that I ever got as, as an adult. I had a three bedroom. Uh, it wasn't a nice house, but it, I had a little three bedroom, <laughs> three bedroom house, <laughs> and I never used any of the rooms. The rooms were completely empty. I, I just, I got a, I got a. Uh, it, it was what was the place? It wasn't Ashley's Furniture. I, it was one of like it was an expensive couch, and I got it on credit. And <laughs> It had like all the kickouts and stuff. And I swear to God, it was like this, the, you know, the, the L shaped couches. I yeah. would just lounge on that thing, dude. I would sleep there. It, like I never, never even had a bed in the house, just slept okay. on the couch. <laughs> but wait, all right, wait, now that we're off this topic, we, I need to know what, but was there like a reason? Like you're like, all right, man, beds are beds are the thing of nightmares. Like, was there a thing that made you do that? Or is just like, you just found it more comfortable. I've never heard this and I appreciate it, but I don't understand it. Well, I think that cause so is this is uh, uh going way back into the depths of my mind here but it's okay go <laughs> we um growing up we had so many people at my house so so many people i was the only child but i had so many buddies who lived close to me and they would just all stay over at my house because my mom would get the little debbie cakes and we'd go to blockbuster all the time and, like <laughs> we were living large man and uh yeah. you know in, in the trailer park living large but we were living <laughs> large nonetheless and uh love it we, so so everyone would be over at my house and 
you know, we would just kind of crash wherever. And usually the living room is where you're hanging out. And so I think I just got accustomed to sleeping on the couch at a young age. And I, it's just been kind of what I've enjoyed. I sleep in a bed now, but I, I <laughs> but, yeah, if, if you're tied down to a strap, you'll sleep in a bed now. <laughs> I must sleep. <laughs> That's funny, man. But yeah, no, it's, it's a, a weird, weird quirk of mine. I don't know how we're, we're over here talking about couch we, sleeping. How did we get to couch from talking about amnesia? Apparently we're getting amnesia or something. I don't know what's happening, but that, that's a good tie right there. All right. But, uh, what's the next game you play on your couch then that you played on your couch or your bed or wherever you played it? Let's see. Let's, uh, I what think you want to go to next. I'll talk about the big con speaking of game pass. We'll go straight into another game pass day one title. I, so I, I saw this a while back and I loved the idea of like, you're keeping this, your, your mom's video rental store alive. And she's kind of in debt to these loan sharks. And you're, you're like, man, I think she's like $90,000 in debt. You're like, Oh shit. Mm-hmm. it's the nineties. You know, you're, you're, I gotta, I gotta go find 90 grand for my mom. How am I going to do this? And so this, <laughs> this little girl becomes a, a pickpocketer. She's going around doing some thievery. She's going up behind people, pickpocketing, and she's digging through trash, trying to find relics to go and sell at the pawn shop. Like I really, really really loved the idea of this game the base foundation that they were building on here i was really in favor of and i, I loved the art style it fe- it felt very uh, retro to me which is 90s you know growing up in the 90s it it felt 90s through and through people wearing fanny packs and it just <laughs> it, it had a great 90s vibe to it but i got to say i put it down and i was i was probably 50% finished with the game Mm-hmm. And so I played, you know, two, three hours of it and I just, it, it doesn't offer up enough unique gameplay mechanics or a good story hook. You understand my mom is $90,000 in debt to these loan sharks. And that's pretty much the story. You're just kind of given a, a blank slate to go and find the $90,000 from that point on. You meet some different interesting characters, but they don't stay interesting that long in my opinion unfortunately so it just didn't have enough stickiness for me to finish it but i I do think they have some cool a a couple cool twists here like where you can try to swindle cashiers and stuff to give you more money you're you're going up to the cashier and and it's like hey can you break this hundred for me and they'll they'll start breaking it and then if they like end up sighing or something you're like hey uh let me tell you a joke you seem sad or if they're like (laughs) earth they're angrily counting it you just keep letting keep letting them count because the anger they it distracts them from their counting (laughs) or if they're they're uh if they're worried what is the there was another one for for worry so you, you you deal with the different emotions and you're trying to manipulate people based on their emotions and it's also a cool thing i really like is it's not just this stereotypical take from the rich thing like you're taking from everybody yeah. like there, there there is no innocence in this game whatsoever so it doesn't make your character feel because if you're stealing from the rich everyone's like yeah i don't care but if you're <laughs> if you're if you're stealing from everyone it's like oh damn you know I, the complexity of this character is kind of interesting I I was so when I saw that you were going to talk about this one, I was really excited because I don't I don't think I've ever heard anybody else talk about it. So I'm very familiar with this game. And so it's really cool to hear you talking about it, because back in the day when I did the indie stuff, this was one of the games I reviewed. And and I for the same reasons you said it was it's such a 90s esque game you know from like even like the little animations that pop up that remind me of like Saved by the Bell or something like that. Yes. The, the quirky little colors and squiggles and um, yeah, just the way your character like goes to all these environments, as you said, and it's really just about swindling and pickpocketing, but like that sounds so 
like bad, but like the way it's handled in this cartoony way, it's kind of like a point and click ish third person, you know, kind of like I don't know, point and click game. But the way it's handled is so comedic. Yes. But I mean, so I'm curious. Yeah, it's a bummer that you fell off it because I remember really feeling gung ho to stick with it because the characters just kept me going to the end and I wanted to see what happened with the mom or whatever. But so it's, it's interesting that you fell off it and that you it, is it just because you didn't find like there was enough gameplay hooks really? Or is it more just the story thing that kept you like, all right, I'm bored now? I think it would mainly be down to the gameplay. The, the the mechanics that have been introduced to me so far are, like I said, you know, obviously the pickpocketing from the jump and then kind of going up to the cashiers and doing that whole thing. But there there haven't been, are there more gameplay mechanics that get introduced later? Right now I'm at the, the section where it's uh, like an open district. You have to go and get the fanny pack for the guy and you spray paint it gold and give it back to him. That's where I'm at. I'm in that little area right now. Does it, does it get more intricate or more interesting mechanics introduced later on? That's a cool area. It's been a couple of years, honestly, since I've played it. So it's hard to remember, but it, it doesn't, it's not a long game and it doesn't really change much beyond that. It's still pretty much just the humorous character interactions, the swindling. And then eventually you just move to a couple more areas. It's again, it's been a while. It doesn't change much. So if you kind of fell off because of that, there's not going to be much else, but the fact that you at least tried and appreciate for what is really cool though. Totally. Yeah. And I'm kind of, I, there, there's another game on here that I'm in a similar boat with, like, I'm kind of trying to get to the point where I, I don't just stick with things just to finish it. Like, I, I think there's a, I don't, it sounds so corny, but there's kind of an art to appreciating something before it gets to the point where you start disliking it. Like understanding when you're coming up against that, that, that point where you might start turning negative on a game and just being like, you know, what? I want to appreciate it for what the experience I had with it. And I'm going to go on to something else and try out something new, you know? Yeah. That, if, if you don't mind, I have a perfect segue for that. Yeah. Into the next game. That's a, I have a perfect segue from what you just said. Definitely. So I'm going to lump two games together, but going off what Brandon said exactly about like, you don't, if you don't want to finish a game or if you get tired of it or you get bored of it or whatever, right? Like it's your time. Like I, I know some people like my wife, for example, she reads a book. Even if she hates it, she has to finish it. And I'm just like, I, I can't, like, I'm, if I'm done, I'm done. So to go off what you're saying, one of the games that I played in the last month was, uh, it's a Souls-like game called Timesia or Thymesia, however you say it. Um, it's a Souls-like game that is really unique for one specific mechanic. And that mechanic is when you're attacking enemies, like you do in a lot of Souls-like games, it's very tough. You have to whittle down uh, an injury bar and a health bar. So essentially each enemy boss enemy like has their own like double health bar. So you whittle down some of the bar and then you have to like use a different claw weapon to get the rest down. And honestly, that was really cool for a good amount of the game. Once it came to like the later bosses, that grind as you get in souls like games was becoming really, really frustrating. And I almost gave up. I got through this final like night boss and I was like, that was not fun anymore. I don't want this challenge. But I love the world. The world for me in Thymesia, Thymesia is really, really cool and dark and spooky and like this plague doctory feel. The final boss, and I'm just going to give a spoiler right here. So spoiler, click off you on here. You end up facing yourself because you're yep. in like this dream state. I tried it once and I was like, you know what? I enjoyed what I played so far. I'm This is going to take me 30 tries and I just don't want to do that. So I jumped off, but I felt good about it and I didn't need to wrap it up. So that just reminded me of what you were talking about where you can get to a good point. So go ahead. That's the funniest thing in the world. I literally the exact same experience with a uh, Timisha, Timisha, whatever. Wait, really? I, literally exactly <laughs> that. I, I got to the very final boss and I was like, this <laughs> 
is brutal, brutal, brutal. But I, I heard that if you <laughs> go through and complete some of like the side objectives, you can power up your character like massively and run through that, that final boss pretty easily. So I, I never went back and did it. But it, once again, it's literally the exact same experience you just laid out. I was like, I really appreciate this game. It's I don't like Souls games at all, like at all, at all. And this is one that I, I really, really, really did enjoy for for the most part there was a couple things i didn't love about it but for the most part i, I really had a good time with uh tamisha tamisha whatever the hell that that's interesting yeah that's cool to hear that and that must be i wonder a common thread in that game if there's two of us randomly that had that same experience but really quick just to kind of want to spend too much time on this uh the, another souls like i'm like you brand i don't generally care for these types of games um, just because of the challenge, but there's a there's a game coming out called Lies of P. It's like a dark Pinocchio themed Souls like game. Sounds weird. It's really cool, like a noir punk. Um, but they have a demo that just came out, and I quickly downloaded the demo on Series X, and I am blown away. I put in like three hours yesterday. The demo is super long. It's just a really cool Souls like game that the world is outstanding and i'll be talking about this one later but um anyway i've been playing the demo of that are you interested in playing the demo for liza p i'm not gonna play the demo because it's you know with it coming to game pass day one okay. I, i'm just like yeah i'll play it when it comes out you know in full i'm definitely gonna without a doubt gonna check this out i can i ask you a question i don't know if this was showcased in the demo but no questions <laughs> Did they have anything in there that indicated you could make decisions that would impact like abilities in the game? So the only, that's a, that's a good question. So the only, first of all, I'll say what I'm surprised about the demo is it's the full opening of the game. I mean, I haven't finished the demo yet and I'm about three hours in, which is wow. a huge chunk of a demo and it's uber polished, which is crazy. But the only thing I've experienced, and again, this might be a spoiler, so apologies, but to answer the question, there is, stop banging, please. We're trying to record. Uh, <laughs> there is a choice where you get to a certain location where a character asks you, to it's very binary like to either lie or tell the truth again pinocchio and depending on how you answer that i guess seemingly will affect something i only chose one answer so i don't know but um i can't answer the rest of that because it's still just a demo, demo but it seems like there's layers of that which probably gets more nuanced but we'll have to see i'm there then all you got to tell me is there's some choice and some consequence some decision making and i am absolutely there so uh awesome that, that I'm pumped to to check that out when it releases. I think in September. Like you said, we'll talk about it later. But uh, yeah, yeah. So the final game on my list here, and I'll, I'll run through this because I only played it for like an hour and a half. Is Contrast, and I wanted to play this because I was pretty sure Compulsion was going to pop up at the Xbox Showcase. And I got to be honest, I don't have a ton of experience with their games. So uh, We Happy Few came out. <clears throat> Golly, I got a frog in my throat. We Happy Few came out, <laughs> and I was interested in it, but it got horrible reviews. And so I was like, I don't want to play, you know, I don't, I don't want to spend, I think it was full price as well. I, I was like, I don't want to spend 60 bucks on a janky game. And so I, I picked up contrast uh, through the, the game pass. I downloaded it through game pass. Cause I kind of wanted to see where they were at with that. And then maybe move on to we happy few, if I enjoyed contrast. And I got to say like the, from an artistic, from an art style perspective, contrast is amazing, man. You're uh, the, the kind of concept here is that you're playing in this 3D world, but at certain times when the light is like positioned correctly, you shift into this contrast mode and it allow it opens up new 2D platforming possibilities that weren't there before in the world. And it, it seems all very uh, 
kind of made up like it, it it you're playing as a girl or you're you're the main character is a little girl you're not playing as her but the she's kind of the main character in the story and it seems that a lot of what's going on is in her mind like an imaginary world that she has created i don't know because like i said i only got an hour into it but mm-hmm. the story's actually really sad and was kind of uh you know i kind of got like weirdly not emotional but like i got weirdly into what was being presented there with kind of the mafia ties that they had going on. And her dad was doing some shady deals with the mafia. And he was kind of a, a, seemed like a bad guy, but with a good heart. And I kind of relate to that with my own dad. (laughs) Uh, And so like, I got, I got into that with, with just how, he was always trying to strike a deal. And I definitely, that that was very much my dad too. Just always trying to strike a deal. I think a really good dude, but with a, not so great uh pursuit of things i'll just say that and so i i got really into the story from just like a i don't know kind of a deeper connection there because i I felt some similarities obviously my dad wasn't uh, dealing with the mafia in south alabama but you know what i mean like it was just some ties there that that i felt some some i don't know i felt some connection to that i mean i appreciate that you take like you you related to like a personal life thing you know or growing up thing that like you can relate to a character and that's probably like that's sometimes what makes the best stories right when you can pull a piece of it and be like wow i can really feel that i can really feel that emotional connection to some extent so what what kind of made you you said you played now or are you planning to play more like did you just okay so what made you drop off of it then it's janky as shit yeah (laughs) (laughs) it's really really janky It's it's super janky I'm glad you said that because I I did the same thing as you. I downloaded it when I was like, hey, it's, this game came out like a while back. Like, right, it was Xbox One, I think, originally, right? Or whatever, PS4 and all that. So, yeah, same as you do. I was like, the, the setup here in the noir, like kind of cool city-ish feel. But, yeah, the game just wasn't great to play. Nah, so, yeah, the same all. as you do. I was like, this just isn't fun to play. And I'm a huge platforming fan. Um, so, it's interesting with Compulsion Games because... I, when they were when there was the Xbox showcase yesterday at the time of recording, I couldn't place compulsion games of what they made, which I don't know if that's a good thing. I couldn't think of the games they made. I couldn't think of Contrast or, or We Happy Few. So how are you feeling about going at them into this new South of Midnight or whatever, knowing that their track record is nah? Dude, I think with that money behind them, and I, I don't think Microsoft or Xbox is going to allow them to publish under their under their banner. I don't think they're going to. Well, we saw Redfall, so uh, I don't yeah, know. Redfall, but, dude. <laughs> what are you talking about? But I think Redfall is a disaster because of like the base uh, concept of Redfall. Like it's hard to make those games. I don't think I don't think people really understand how hard it is to make a, a Fortnite, a Destiny, and have one of those things really hit off and be a huge success. Like those games are underappreciated for how hard it is to make those but with this if it's just a single player i'm assuming some platforming some third person action adventuring going on like i think that this team with a real budget because there's no denying that the art style and just kind of the the gritty vibes that they can present in those games that man with a real budget very very excited to see that nice all right well there you go well let's go ahead and uh Hit it with your final uh, couple games there. If you had any, if you had any others that you wanted to talk about, and then we'll move on to the topics. We're already an hour into the damn show, but <laughs> yeah, I'll just blow through these quickly. There's a couple I'll wait on. Just coming to talk about one later, but real quick, there's a charming. If you like life sim farming games, I'm a sucker for those types of really colorful, charming. You know, just just farm life sims game. There's one that came out on PS5, PS4, 
I think maybe PC called Everdream Valley. It's just really wholesome. I love these kind of games to just relax with. You just explore this island. You help your grandparents out. You know, you're you're left there by your parents to say, hey, we just have a good summer. And then you just kind of take care of animals and build up the area. It's it's very cute and cozy. And I like that stuff for, for certain feels. So Everdream Valley was put about a few hours in it. That's a really fun one. Um, and the second one I'll say, the last one I've been playing is uh, the upcoming Alone in the Dark, which, by the way, looks really cool. There's a prologue you can play right now. It's literally like 10 or 15 minutes called Grace. That's the name of the little girl, Grace in the Dark. Um, there's not much gameplay to it, but it's a really cool little prologue to get the feel, hopefully, of what Alone in the Dark, the full game, will be like. A little bit of spooks and scares and exploration. Very short, but that was a fun little thing that I played twice just to get the feel um, did you play that by the way, the little prologue? Cause I know, I thought you'd be excited for alone in the dark, right? I'm, I'm so weird with demos. Like I don't, I don't know why I just, I don't play a lot of demos and I understand that this is more than just a demo of the game. Like it's a totally kind of its own thing, setting up the world for alone in the dark. So I'm, I might have to check that out, but I'm definitely, I'm, I'm playing that alone in the dark for, for, for sure. I, I, I remember playing the, the PS one game, a little bit of the PS one game back in the day. And I could barely understand what the hell was going on. So, uh, <laughs> I, but I'm excited to to jump back into this. It seems like they're being really faithful to the the original title, and also introducing like you, you got some big name actors in the mix for Alone in the Dark this reboot, and then kind of leaning in into that Resident Evil Two over the shoulder remake perspective, like. For sure. Very, very curious. Very curious. The combat looked a lot better in this last uh, trailer than it did in the first one. So I'm, I'm pumped. All right. Well, we we got a good good year ahead for horror games. Hopefully with re4 the remake kicking off I, this is just a good year i can't wait for october for us to talk about all these things but what do you want to go into next man i think that was pretty much all we want to cover with what we've been playing right yep yep nope good to go on that and let's go ahead and head over to our top 10 most anticipated games remaining in 2023 like you uh just alluded to there a great year for the the first six months and now we're in the back half of the year the dust has settled the big showcases pretty much all well not all the showcases but a good majority of the showcases have wrapped up we got a good idea for what 2023 is bringing to us and i just kind of wanted to read the, the the temperature on where you're at with the remaining slate of games oh yeah <laughs> is this, are we going to start with that kung fu or we start dancing? Uh, I, I, that's that's a little dance that I'm going to do before every before every show now. <laughs> I think if you don't do that each time, it's going to be real sad. You better do it. I think are I'm contractually bonded. One? But I already uh, talked a bunch. I think you should start with one because I feel like just yeah i'm just i'm gonna pretend i have some control and say you start with one <laughs> there <you> go. All <laughs> right. so we're, we're gonna do five a piece here run through we're gonna run through five individual games or you know try to i, I gotta i think we both have a list of more than five prepared in case we run over each other each other stuff but i have a number five for me i'm, I'm going with immortals of avium so this i was excited for for sure but that playstation show or uh summer games fest showcase rather the the trailer that was shown off there where you're seeing the the mech and you're 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 this mech is kind of moving through the water and you're battling on top of this big old gold creature and the the, the magical powers that you're throwing out in this first person shooter and i just really want a return to linear first person shooting games like i want to play I, I hope to god this isn't 40 50 hours give me a good <laughs> 12 to 15 hour campaign with cool magical powers that i can upgrade and evolve over the course of the gameplay and replaying fear which I, I know that's a game you really enjoyed right oh my gosh i love the fear at least the first two games they're phenomenal yeah so 
I, I played fear uh, for the first time this year and playing through that really sparked like a, it, it, it I really want a renaissance of that style of first person. Obviously this is more magic based, but I want to, I run, I want a renaissance with those 15, 10, 15 hour campaigns, man, that that's perfect runtime for a first person shooter. And with all the different powers that you're, you're weaving in here, the, the cinematics look great in Immortals of Avium. I'm, I'm there for it. That, that summer game fest trailer really sold me. I, you, you, I think you kind of said everything good about it. It's, it looks, it, I don't know. I'm this Immortals of Avian thing was confusing for me. I don't know if you noticed this on YouTube at all. A lot of content creators, or at least some, I don't know. I saw a few channels that were like hyping it up and talking about. It. I know there was some like creators that were working with the game. Did you did you notice any of that on channels that you watch? Because I did, and I was like, this is fine. It's just different. Yeah, it was. You definitely saw a little bit of advertising going on there. Some money was exchanging hands. I'm assuming, but. Yeah. I, I the quality of the game is all that I care about. If this thing comes out and it's sitting at a you know, I, I, not that Metacritic's the end all be all, but <laughs> you know it is it is a, a that's a whole different topic. But it, it, <laughs> whenever you see a bunch of reviews saying this thing's good, if it ends up in that realm, um, you know I, I I'm I'm definitely I think regardless I'm going to check this out as long as it's not fifty plus hours. I think I'm going to check this thing out if if it ends up being good. It, it looks it looks so cool. I mean, we don't have a lot of first person magic based games, right? I feel like there's you can do magic in games, but this looks like one of the first, at least in years, that has a high focus of just pure like magic, which you're right, man, looks so cool. I mean, I think you're right about the whole Xbox 360 PS3 area era. There was so many games that were just like fear, like that weird Wolfenstein like offshoot, you know, psyops, or I don't know, there's a bunch of different ones, but yeah. We, you're right. We don't have many of those. It's like, why does not every game benefits from or even needs to have either an open world or like this massive thing? Like sometimes you just want to wrap up a game in 10 hours or 12 hours. And that's kind of like, which I'm sure you'll agree, the RE4 remake, even though it's a remake, you could wrap that up in a good amount of time and be like, man, that was solid. I don't need 30 more hours, right? Yeah, and I think that there... As we see gamers get older and older and, you know, our, our age demographic, we we can't do that. Like, like you said, you know, you have a couple service games that you play, but you can't. You, how many of those do you really stick with, though? You know what I mean? Like, you can't do it. It's a second job, essentially, if, if you really want to, like, be max leveled and all that. And for our age demographic where we got to go to work 40 hours and we got to, you know, all these different obligations, like, let me get a good 15 hour narrative and do some cool magic powers. So that's my number five, man. Do we have a release date on that? Do you know? I, yeah, I, it's uh, I didn't write it down, but it's July. It's definitely it's coming soon. I think July 20th, if I'm not mistaken, but don't don't hold me to that. It's definitely July this year. OK, cool. I think the one. So I want to talk about one really quick. My number five. Well, these weren't in an order, but I'll throw them in an order. My number five is actually coming out, I believe, at the time of recording this June 15th, uh, Layers of Fear. So I, I was, I watched the trailer the other day, like yesterday and I was, it said June 15th and I was like, I thought that was going to be a long time away, but I know a lot of people. So layers of fear is a confusing name because there's already a layers of fear, layers of fear, whatever it is. There's a one and two. I adored the first layers of fear. It was janky and the controls and the camera were a bit wonky, but I adored the whole a lot of people called it a walking simulator. I tend to like a lot of those horror games where you just kind of walk, explore like a spooky haunted house and the way the world shifted in layers of fear. Um, I adored that. I thought it was fantastic. The second one, which took place like on a boat. I don't know. That didn't really stick with me. 
But this one, the way they're kind of melding the worlds of Layers of Fear together, and it just looks incredibly dark and spooky and more of the world-changing stuff. Um, I'm really, really pumped for that. And the fact that it comes out at the time of recording in a few days, on at least on PS5 is where I saw it, I couldn't be more thrilled. I don't know how it'll be. I haven't seen much else about it, but Layers of Fear... I'm a sucker for those kind of first-person horror games. So what do you got, man? Are you intrigued or no? You know what? I don't do you I I didn't I couldn't find the price point on it. And I I I don't think it's getting a physical release. If that's a $30, $40 game, I think I might be in there with you. I think I might be in the layers. I might be in the layers of the fears. Uh I, I think I want to check that thing out because I never played the originals. And it, like you said, this is kind of blending the two together as far as I'm aware. So this I feel like this would be a good way to to because I don't love Bloober's games, but I think they nail atmosphere and literally everything they've ever made, everything they've ever made. I think they just nail the atmosphere. So I might be in there if the price point is right. Okay, cool. Well, there you go. What, uh, what do you got next? What's your number four? Number four. I gotta go with wrestle quest. We got the, uh, the old school NES kind of, uh, just just turn-based wrestling game, a big old adventure. The, I was really surprised. There was a great trailer for it. If I'm not mistaken, it was at the Gorilla Collective. A lot of these these kind of blend together in my head, the 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 different showcases, but there there was a really, really good trailer for it. And it it showed just how expansive WrestleQuest was. I was not expecting this game to be nearly as big as it is. And uh also, at this this uh, showcase, it got announced that it's going to be coming out for PS5 and Xbox Series X. So before, oh. it was only announced for Switch and PC. Mm. And uh, I, I believe at the Guerrilla Collective, it showed that it was coming in uh, August 8th to across the board, PS5, Switch, Xbox Series X. So I'll definitely be picking that up on, on either Series X or, or PS5 for sure on August 8th. I, I knew you'd be pumped for this one because, I mean, although we don't, you know, we hang out in person or whatever, I know how much you love wrestling. So I kept thinking, I'm like, this is going to be the perfect one for you. But is it? So I don't know much about it. I'm not a wrestling guy. You'll have to teach me. I'm just not a fan of that stuff, like, personally. But is this, like, a RPG? Yep. yep. Okay. So what... Okay, so it's an RPG. Interesting. Yep, leveling up your character, you kind of go through the ranks, and you're you're kind of trying to to climb the ranks of the wrestling territories. You got like Jake the Snake Roberts popping up in there, Macho Man, Andre the Giant. So they got the license uh, for some of those characters, and it just looks like a total good time, like a feel. Because I'm not a turn based guy at all. And right. and shout out to AEW Fight Forever for if people are looking for a more kind of traditional wrestling experience, that's coming out as well. That that's pretty high up on my most anticipated list also just with it being a wrestling game but um this just just I, I think the passion that i feel from the developers hearing them speak about this and like this feels like it's really coming from an earnest place of wanting wanting to create like a good wrestling story which i've said it a million times wrestling it without the story it's just dudes rolling around in their underwear the story is everything man the story <laughs> is everything I that should be that should be the tagline for this game. <laughs> Whatever you just said, they should be the tagline. If you want the opposite of that, play Wrestle Quest. <laughs> so awesome, man. I, fool, I man. will check it out because I do like the the art style and I do like turn based games occasionally. But it'll just be fun to like see your experience and my experience as two different fans, like Hogwarts Legacy. I like Harry Potter. You don't care for it. What's you know what's the crossover? So I'll be excited to try this one too. So oh, you're gonna check it out. 
Be- only because again, I like this idea of trying new games that aren't in like, like what at my normal wheelhouse, just oh. like, again, like you said, you don't care for Potter, but you played Hogwarts. Like I don't care for wrestling, but I like the art style and the battle idea. So I think it'd be cool to like have both of our experiences. Not, I don't care for the source material. If you can call it that you really do. What would be our vibe? So I would be interested in checking it out. Probably not like full price, but okay. Yeah. Okay. Right, right, right. I was hoping it was going to come to game pass, but it's not. So I, as far as I'm aware, it's not right now. Hey. I forgot what I was going to say. I thought I had something <laughs> funny to say. I completely forgot. Dang it. All right. That's Hit me with your four. Hit me with your four, man. All right. So my number four is going to be a Disney Illusion Island. So there hasn't been a ton of buzz about this. I think it was in a Nintendo Direct. So Disney Illusion Island, you're going to learn a lot on this channel. While Brad and I have some similarities with horror games and action games, I'm a huge sucker for platformers. I'm a huge sucker for bright, colorful, like charming games. That's just what I grew up on. I like playing those games with my wife and things. So Disney Illusion Island is a really artistic, colorful 2D platformer. I believe it's coming at the end of June. Maybe it's, no, it's July. I think it's late July. But it's essentially, if you think of like Rayman Legends or Rayman Origins, that's what this looks like, but with Disney characters. So your traditional Mickey, Minnie, Donald, Goofy, etc. You can run around in single player or co-op and you're basically just exploring these super vibrant levels. I don't think it's a Metroidvania. I, I think it's just like a traditional stage-based platformer, or at least I hope so. Um, but it just looks colorful and fun and something I can dive into with my wife. And we just jump through different stages. I love collecting things. I'm a sucker for like the collectathon games. So, and I love Disney, like the old school Disney, not necessarily the new Disney stuff. So this melding of platforming and Disney just looks for me, just up my alley. Is this one that at all would be on your radar or not? Uh, look, I got to say the art style on this is uh, it, it's it's got some heat on that art style. That art style looks real, real good. I once again, like you said, probably not a full price title for me. I'm, I, I, you know, enjoy Disney as a, as a kid. I don't really I, I don't. It, it was like as a kid, I watched the the basic kind of Disney movies and stuff, but I don't really have any memories of it whatsoever. So like the nostalgia isn't really there, even though it should be. Um, but but no doubt the art style looks incredible. Maybe maybe if it came to Game Pass or on a sale or something like that, I, I could see potentially checking it out for me. I'll convert you to a platforming fan one day, and you'll convert me to a wrestling sports person one day, maybe. I, I love a good three D platformer. Give me a good three D platformer. I'm there all day. I. I yeah. Anyways, well, we'll we'll go ahead and move on before we end up with a four-hour show here. Um, What's your number three you got, man? Number three for me, this is tough. The the, the next two were tough. I didn't really know the order. I'm going to go Spider-Man 2, and I feel in my gut that, like, I feel crazy that this isn't number two for me. Um, Yeah. Spider-Man 2, the what we saw at that PlayStation showcase, I thought was one of the only like really interesting trailers there. Just a, <laughs> a boatload of gameplay. That final segment that was so reminiscent of Uncharted 4 from E3, like 2015-2014, just it looked incredible it was a great showing i'm excited to see you know swapping between peter and miles on the fly i want to i want to know more about the backstory with um craven because i don't really know a lot about that character so i'm interested to explore that more i am pretty sure i know who venom is going to be because of you know the end of of, uh the 2018's game but i i'm still curious of how that transition happens to him becoming venom and i really want to mess around with the different powers like the tethering multiple people together in stealth and um and you know 
popping those lines out where you can kind of like create new ways of navigation on the fly like that that it just looks so so good man so so good i i can't wait to get my hands on it i think they said october release date for that one so not long to wait at all so man people were chomping at the bit for that release date you know which feels so arbitrary because it's more important that we get a game that releases well but i'm gonna say something not maybe controversial but like i didn't care for the 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 original marvel spider-man it was to me it and i should preface by saying i'm not a huge superhero person like marvel dc any of that i'm it's just not again my cup of tea per se i usually try all of them because i think it's fun to experiment with new things we're not used to i thought it was good like it was a good game like for what it is but i just the open world again which you can only do so much i guess with like a New York city, Manhattan area, but it just felt like any other open world. It was just a bunch of things to collect. Here's your missions. Like it wasn't people praise it. And I understandably, again, like the gameplay is solid. The swinging mechanics are, are just like, I could just do that all day, but the open world, I just didn't understand. Like it's the same things you do in every other game. You know what I will say? I will say that I agree to some extent that the open world wasn't what excited me at all about the 2018's game. I think that Miles Morales introduced like cool new tricks you could do and stuff like that while swinging, but still the open world isn't the selling point of those games. And I think that's something that they could improve upon. I think the story for 2018's game was just unbelievable. One of the best Spider-Man stories that I've ever experienced. Um, I think the combat, like you said, was incredible, but I, I agree. The open world, I think a little bit more interior design focusing on you know going into different buildings i think stuff like that could set it apart from a lot of the open other open world titles on the market but i i do think there are some improvements that could be made there so i'm curious to see what they do with that well and maybe i'm looking at it in again like you said the wrong context you don't play that game per se for the open world you played for it sounds like the story right well it's an open world you know like that's the thing you know it's it's i agree with you man like if you're going to create an open world create a unique one create a really unique one and i do think like you said uh, some of that stuff was kind of fetch questy it's not mandatory to do it but some of that stuff the side stuff was fetch questy so i think that if they can improve on anything that open world is what they could improve on interesting okay i think maybe just not yeah being like a fan of again like superhero stuff in general it just didn't like connect with me like i thought it was clearly very good but we're we're talking a lot about the first one now spider-man 2 the trailer looked phenomenal i mean there's no doubt about the gameplay looked like a lot of fun it's not one that i'm personally hyped about like i don't think i'll check it out anytime soon maybe if it comes to the ps plus thing but i think i'm I'm more excited to hear from you when you play because i know you're into this stuff so it'll be cool to hear your passion for it hopefully it's a good passion and turns out well on release but it looks like they've opened up more to different areas of new york as well like maybe queens the bronx to maybe like flesh out more exploration which as someone that lived in New York city for a while, that looks really cool. So I'm not super hyped, but I'm excited to see what you have to say about it when you play it. Yeah, that, that is a big thing that they're expanding a little bit more into, you know, the different districts in New York. I will say once again, though, like we just talked about bigger does not mean better all the time. Give me more vertical slices of more explorable interiors. I'm way more sold on stuff like that because it creates new different gameplay possibilities than just like wide, you know, expansive open world. So yeah, man, but that's number three for me. What you got for your number three. All right. My number three, which I'm just doing this on the fly. I didn't realize I, for some reason, think we're doing it in order, but it doesn't have to be. No, it has to must be in order. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. But uh, this one, I don't have a lot to say about just because I don't know a lot, but I'm excited from the trailer. It's uh, Don't Nod's, one of Don't Nod's newer games called Banishers Ghosts of New Eden. So you might have more to say about it. I honestly, like, I feel kind of ignorant. I just watched, I think, a couple of trailers, the more recent one. And 
I am sold. So I think, and again, I feel kind of stupid for not having a lot of knowledge, but I don't know much about the story. It's basically looks like a third person kind of narrative exploration, adventure action game. Here's why I'll say I'm really excited. I loved vampire or vampire. However you say it from don't nod from a few years ago. That's one of my favorite top 10 games of all time. I adored it. Jank, jank and all the world, like the whole white chapel, London, like just vibe and spookiness. Like that's 1000% my vibe. So when I saw Banisher's Ghost of New Eden, although it's not the same, like, you know, obviously area of the world or whatever, you know, same place, uh, the gameplay and the characters just reminded me of that vampire vampire thing. And again, I feel kind of stupid because I don't know much about the game. Do you know more about it? Because it looks just like a, like a fan dark fantasy kind of like you basically have to like, there, there's like these different characters that you have to either choose to like banish them or unbanish them, whatever the opposite is. And it's yeah. like how the story mixes in. I'm doing a terrible job at explaining this, but I'm excited for it. It's all the same. Well, no, it's, it's not, you're not doing a terrible, terrible job because we really don't have a lot of information. The, the trailer that we got was very, very limited in terms of what it's offering up for uh, allowing us to know exactly what the game is going to be. I, it seems that you're dealing with, uh, I assume your wife is dead and you are kind of in this spirit realm using her as like some of your magical powers that allows you to banish some of these foes or whatever you want to call it. I, 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 like you said, vampire vampire is an incredible, incredible game. And I want to see more from them, but, but cleaned up a little bit. That was the reason I ended up putting a uh, vampire down. It just, it, it oh. wasn't, I, 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 I liked it a lot. I just wish that combat was a little bit more cleaned up. I rewatched this Banisher's Ghost of New Eden trailer a couple times. And at first I was like, damn, the combat still looks a little bit rough. The more I watched it, I was like, ooh, I did notice it's it's speeding up a lot more than a uh, vampire from what I remember. It's it's a lot quicker looking. And I think that those powers come into play with that. So yeah, I'm I'm for sure going to check that thing out. I do want to see more of it and understand more of what's going on. And I hope that the decision-making is not just one choice or the other. I hope there's a little bit more nuance in there. Cool. Awesome, man. Well, there's that one. So let's, I guess now we're coming down to our top two. So what's your, uh, what's, what, what do you got next? This sounds like this was a, <laughs> a mental struggle to decide because I thought Spider-Man for you, if we're ranking them would be higher. So what do you got next? Number two for me, and this was tough putting it over Spider-Man. I'm going to go Final Fantasy 16. And I, I'm not a traditional Final Fantasy fan. I loved the the remake of 7. I'm just an action. You give me some Devil May Cry hack and slash in character action style gameplay and you you got me sold. But <laughs> The the more mature focus here with FF16, the the kind of grittier nature and and you know the M rating and a lot of the you know the story coming from um uh the 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 dude from Final Fantasy 14, the MMO, him being like the the lead narrative for for Final Fantasy 16, and then getting the lead combat designer from Devil May Cry, like everything is just lining up for this to be something really special for me. And the 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 world looks so crazy where you have these different you know you 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 got these dragon fights going on and you you like it just looks so so crazy and i think just in terms of anticipation and the unknown of it i i would have to put it ahead of spider-man 2 because i feel like i'm pretty sure i know what spider-man 2 is going to be final fantasy 16 just has so many question marks in my head that i i really want answered and like the scale of it looks just 
ridiculous, man. It looks like a $300 million game, a level <laughs> of, of a budget level that I've, I've never seen from Square Enix. So I'm, I'm just excited to see what they do with it. Yeah, that it's cool to hear you talk about it because I didn't, again, not that I know everything about what you're interested in, but it's not one that I would have thought you would be interested in. But I guess now, now hearing about the action focus or the really heavy push to action focus where Final Fantasy is often, again, in the past, traditionally known for turn-based, Clearly, that's changed with the remakes in 15 and things like that. I, I didn't enjoy Final Fantasy 15 at all. So the move to 16, as you said, being like this dark, intense, high fantasy, yep. Final Fantasy looks uber intriguing. And those, I think the big things are called like the icon battles, right? Is that what they are? The icon, the big monster battles? Yeah, I couldn't think of the term. <laughs> yeah, but it's spelled like weird, like E-I-K-O-N or something. But those look super cool. I'm Yeah, like you, man, it looks so good. I, I don't really know what to expect, though. Because like I just don't know what to expect from Final Fantasy anymore. Is not a huge fan, but it looks unbelievable. There's no doubt about it. Like it just looks unbelievable. And if the if the Final Fantasy VII remake, I guess, is anything to go by, not that it's the exact same. Clearly, team and people, I think it's heading in a good direction. So, and that's that's coming. What is that? June or July? June twenty second, man. Crap, that's right around the corner, man. Right around the corner. I'm so day one excited. Day, day one. one? Day one, day one, one. undeniably day one. I don't care. I don't need to see it. I'm pretty much to the point where I don't even want to look at it again. Like, I don't want to see any. I don't want to see another world shot. I don't want to see any other character interactions. I want to be there day one experiencing everything from this point on. I don't want to know anything else from the trailers. I'm going to tell you a bunch of things. You ready? (laughs) Yeah, Final Fantasy 16, man. That's so close. It's crazy how close it is. I feel like that was so far away. And now we're here, man. It's awesome. We're here, dude. 2023 is crazy. What you got for me at number two? All right, I won't harp on this one long since I talked about it and what I'm playing, but my next one is Lies of P. As I said, it's a dark Pinocchio fantasy tale in this like noir cityscape, you know, steampunk. I'm not a huge Souls fan. I'll try most of them, but um, this one, after again, after playing the demo, I am hooked. The world is incredible. Like I took, I don't really take screenshots in games because I just don't know what to do with them. I'm not like a social media person to share them with anyone. I don't have friends, so I'm sad like that. (laughs) But I, uh, anyway, the game itself is just beautiful. It plays really well. It's so polished, but it's just the world. This idea of a dark themed Pinocchio with like truth and lies and exploring this intricate kind of dark Gothic noir world. It just speaks to everything I enjoy, even though, I don't really care for the challenge of souls games. The demo sold me on it immediately. And like you with final fantasy, I almost don't want to play more, but I'm so addicted to how the game plays. Um, but lies of P I believe is October, maybe September. I'm so bad at release dates. Yeah. I Before. can't remember either, but it, I, I think it, I think it's actually September if I'm not mistaken. Okay. Well, so, so September, maybe then lies of P is one that I'm, I'm absolutely hyped for. And it yeah. sounds like you said you're, you're pretty excited for it too, right? Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna check it out. Like I'm not a Souls guy either. I, I, I it's just not my cup of tea. But the the decision making, give me decision making, and I'm there, man. I love some good decision making, and <clears throat> I just think that that could be a unique new twist in the Souls genre. Something I haven't seen is like really leaning hard on the narrative, having some agency in the narrative. I think just adding a little bit of extra flavoring could get me in the door. If I'm committed to a narrative, I'll deal with the the difficulty. And if if a if a game's really difficult but really fast, like Sifu, 
I'm cool with it. I love fast-paced hard games, but the more slower, more methodical Souls games, not really for me. But I don't, I don't really know the speed at which Lies of P is is running. But we'll, we'll see. It it looks it looks intriguing, no doubt. Awesome, man. Well, uh, all right, we're moving into the big boys number one, um, which I'm, I'm excited to hear you got to say about this. I obviously, I yeah, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, it's uh, number it's, one. After that showcase yesterday from Starfield, it's not just my most anticipated game of 2023. It's it's my most anticipated game ever created. It's uh yeah, I this is insane. This is insane. This doesn't even make sense. This feels like Todd Howard and that team are aware that you know they're getting older and they want to leave this industry with the greatest thing ever made in it. And I look, I don't here's the thing: humongous RPGs are very hard to make the hardest games in the world to make there's so many different domino effects that could take place at any minute and completely disrupt and break your experience i understand that's a real possibility and i'm not going into that ignorant like i did with uh cyberpunk 2077 i'm aware (laughs) that this thing could be busted but i will say what we saw yesterday that was a 45 minute look at this game running a lot of it running raw straight up gameplay and a lot of different segments of gameplay from the ship customization to the character creation to the combat in first person the combat in third person a lot of different exploration uh, you know moments going on exploring different planets the big selling point for me though is to know that it's a guided experience and you can experience the narrative without having to go and just wander around a, a freaking entire galaxy of thousands of different planets and explore a bunch of mindless nothingness. And you can, <laughs> you can actually get to the good stuff and you can find out where the cool content is and you don't have to, to just wander around aimlessly. Also, I, I'm going to get off this real quick here, but the, the, the fact that you can invade other ships in the galaxy and take them over like if it's grand theft auto what (laughs) and then also having the agency and the choices like a you know a traditional bethesda game a mass effect style game like dude there's nothing that has ever been created that speaks to me more than this this is insanity to me like this is everything that i possibly could want from games if it delivers who knows we'll see on that but everything about this is like Dude, when I was watching it, like I got almost a little bit emotional. I was like, dude, I am so grateful that I'm alive to get to experience something like this in a hobby that I love so much to see something that like feels tailor-made and created for someone like me. It, like it almost got me emotional. I was like so grateful to just be alive to experience this thing. Hopefully by September, I'll still be here. <laughs> <laughs> I I don't even have words for that, man. That the The level of excitement and passion that you exude for this is is so cool and i'm sure there's hundreds and thousands of other people that were watching that felt the same as you which that's so i don't know it's so cool to hear you talk about it like this because you can just feel that like you just want it so badly to be this amazing thing and you have to imagine from the xbox showcase for them to dive so deep into like every little aspect of everything that they're a aware that like their games in the past have been janky and sometimes broken sometimes lovingly but like oftentimes not fallout 76 and uh and just be that the fact that like they as you said they want it to be this passion project that even just them saying 25 years in the making that could just be market speak but it's also just them saying like what you said we want to make this game to leave a legacy of like here's what we can do with this explorable universe 
I guess my fear is, and maybe a lot of people's fear is just that, how do you prevent it from being another No Man's Sky at launch? Obviously, No Man's Sky is really great now. How do you prevent it from just being this like open, you can do all these things. How do you prevent it from just being another one of those? And maybe it's what you said, the yes. narrative through line being guided. Is that is that why you think it's going to make it all the difference? That's the biggest difference maker in the world. They okay. said that there's already, uh, I believe, more dialogue lines in here than Fallout and in Elder Scrolls uh, Skyrim combined. So wow. it's, yeah, so there's, it's like, there's a real narrative in here. It's not just, that was my biggest concern too. Am I just going to explore like, I don't want to just explore. Give me fun yeah. stuff. Give me content. Give me characters. Give me interactions, combat. Like, and they they really hammered home. Like, you can have a guided experience and then go off and explore later. That's what I want to do. Give me 40 hours, 50 hours of a good main narrative, and then I'll go and, and mess around after that. Don't prevent me from experiencing a good narrative by telling me to go mine resources. I don't want to do that. I'll do it later if it's fun, but I'm not doing it. Well, I want to get to the good stuff, man. Give me the good stuff. And it sounds like they're allowing you to do that. That, that's good to hear, man. I mean, you're right. If, if they're hammering home the point that narrative and dialogue is a huge factor for this, then it's clear they're very aware that that needs to be the sticking point to keep people immersed. Because you're right. There are some people that just like are fine with pure gameplay elements, pure exploration, pure creativity. But then there are others like you and really like me too that need this sticking point to keep you melded. Because I'll, I'll stick through a game, like you said, if I don't like the, the gameplay, as long as I really am invested in characters and the story. So if this has this in this gargantuan universe, I don't think I'm as hyped as you are by any means, but seeing your passion is making me extra excited for it. So I, and, it's crazy. And you get to just check it out. Like you just get to, to download it. You pay your $15 a month and it's like, you get a game that potentially has thousands of hours of content. It's just like, Oh yeah, it's a part of my subscription. Like, yeah. so even if it's not a game you like, it's like, well, who cares? I played it for 10 hours and I thought it was stupid, but it, it came with my subscription. Like who cares? You know, it's just, it, once again, if this was $70, like, I'll, I'll, dude, you, you tell me the price I'm paying the price, but, <laughs> but you know, just the fact that you don't have to is so much crazy, but I, I'm curious about your, your number one, man, what you got? I don't know if I can top any of your, of what you just, the, the sheer enthusiasm, but I will certainly just try. I, I was, so I, my question is before I say what it is, cause you already know it is, wait, do you already know what it is? I don't know. I, oh, I, don't? I okay. no, I have the, the, the Google doc where you wrote it down, but I already forgot. I, I, I grabbed the, you know, I grabbed like all the, the trailers and all the gameplay and shit, but I've totally like, cause I'm just reading from my, uh, I have my own little notes file pulled up. So I don't even have the, the file pulled up with your game on it. I totally forgot. <laughs> the only reason I asked this, and maybe it's cause we didn't want crossover is I thought this would be on yours, but maybe it's cause we were trying to avoid crossover anyway, enough behind the scenes. Uh, my number one is easily Alan wake too. So I, I, I adored, I know people didn't always like the first Alan Wake. I get that. I adored the first Alan Wake. Stupid batteries and freaking marketing in it all the same. That was lame. But like the whole world of Bright Falls and the spooky, foggy forest and learning about this like novel gone wrong and this dark, you know, like energy that surrounds it and how you, you know, he has to create his story. I love the first Alan Wake, Jank and all, and the whole world to explore there. Um, I dove into that multiple times. So for me, Alan Wake 2, to hear that Remedy is diving or at least seemingly diving headfirst into the pure horror aspect, because the whole thing with Alan Wake 1, while it has a lot of horror, it's still kind of schlocky and B-movie and like the little like TV episode chapters and that had charm and and it, but it kind of played off as more as like an action adventure with horror elements. So for Alan Wake 2 to seemingly 
be like, we're just giving you all on horror, maybe something in the realm of like Silent Hill, potentially. Uh, I am completely sold. This is one I don't really need to see more on, even though they haven't showed a ton of really gameplay at all. Alan Wake 2 just looks to exude this psychological horror feelings of dark machinations and just exploring bright falls in the surrounding areas. And there's two playable characters this time, so you can kind of switch between stories, it sounds like. Um, I, I'm all in on this in October. I just thought this would be one that you would be pumped for, but maybe it's because you didn't want crossover, so you have to tell me. Nah, it's not gonna crack my top five until they put what? that until they put that bad boy on a disc. Put it on a disc. Give is me, that give really me. what's stopping it? It's just that it's not physical. Yeah, we'll we'll have to dive okay. into that at a later time. Talk about our our preferences there, physical and okay. digital and all that. But uh, it it's it's just simply the fact that like we'll we'll dive into it at a later okay. time. <laughs> I I look I because I, I want to talk about the the positives of this thing, and it looks so freaking cool and i heard people who love survival horror i watched their previews on it like um huber from easy allies he was really really hot on it and i know he's like a true survival horror junkie so for him to be so hot on it and there were a couple other previews that i watched like people were red hot on this thing and uh so my my physical preference be damned. I, I think I might end up being there day one if this thing if this thing you know really ends up reviewing really really well and ends up being critically praised. It, it just looks so good that Resident Evil Two remake inspiration. Come on, man! I love how it looks. Howdy, my good people. I'm cutting in here from the future. I I, I got to talk about a couple things from this Ubisoft forward real quick, and one thing from the uh, Capcom showcase. I just got finished watching both. Well, I, I, to be fair, I skimmed through and saw what was revealed, and then kind of just clicked on the stuff that looked interesting to me. Watched that and figured it'd be better to come in here talk about it now, opposed to waiting a week. And having all of that be pretty much old news by the time we got to it. So, yeah, let, let's talk about this shit, man. The the Ubisoft Forward. I, I, I got two things that I really want to talk about here. We'll save the, the big one for, for, for last. First up, we saw that Avatar Frontiers of Pandora game. We finally saw gameplay of it. And I think it looks much better than most people were expecting. It's in the first person perspective. It very much has a Far Cry vibe to it. But with Avatar characters. I don't know much about Avatar. I watched the first movie. And uh, that, that I, I still haven't saw the, the new one. I've heard it was pretty good. So... I don't know. I don't have a ton of interest in the world, but it, it did seem pretty damn solid here. You got some bow and arrow action going on. You got uh, straight up like machine gun first person shooter action taking place. You're flying around with these little fucking dragon like creatures that you're riding and then riding these horses in a, in a third person perspective. And you're, you're also when you're flying, you're in uh, a third person perspective. And it was also revealed that you can play the full story in single-player or in two-player online co-op. And, yeah, I don't know. The, 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 the vibrant nature of this game and the world, I think it just looks cool. And it looks like a fun world to, to mess around with in a game. You know, Avatar, but Far Cry. Like, I, I, I actually think that sounds pretty damn cool. And it is coming December 7th, 2023. We'll see if it ends up hitting that date. But yeah, I I, I think I'm I'm into this. We'll we'll see, you know, how it ends up reviewing, how it ends up doing. But uh 
I, I was impressed by this. It looks better than I thought it was going to look, which I, you know, I've talked to you guys about this plenty of times. I'm not a Ubisoft hater. I don't think Ubisoft games are bad when they stick to their, you know, single player kind of more traditional open world style of games. I think they make pretty damn good games. Um, whenever they stray away from that path, I think that's when they run into uh, some dangerous territory. But next up, we, <laughs> boy, oh boy, talk about uh, a surprise. I, Star Wars Outlaws. We we finally got a look at gameplay for that. I shouldn't say finally got a look at it. We really got the first reveal at the uh, Xbox showcase. But it, we've known about this game for a while. And to get a real deep look at gameplay and... I, I was I was taken taken aback by this. This this looked really really good, man. And a team as talented as uh, massive, you know, the the team that worked on Division, just getting to really focus all their energy into a single player open world game. Because, like I said, man, it's hard as shit to make these massive online live service constant content drip feed games. This talented ass team getting to kind of scale back a little bit from that and just lean all the way into this open world third person action adventure role playing game in a Star Wars universe. Dude, I, 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 I know people are skeptical of Ubisoft, but like I said, whenever they stick to their guns with their single player stuff, it, it's usually pretty solid. You can say, OK, Far Cry 6 wasn't great, whatever. Valhalla might not have clicked for you, but they're typically Ubisoft typically doesn't just put out open or a uh, single player disastrous games, you know, so uh, I, I'm feeling very optimistic from what we saw with Star Wars Outlaws. It, it opened up into like some third person stealth action taking place and then that led into a third person cover shooting action taking place where you're swapping between your your uh, pistol blaster and you're, you're swapping to your machine gun blaster and then from that point you you lead into full-on open world uh explorer not really exploration it's more of a, a chase scene that you see taking place where you're on your little uh hovercraft thing i'm not a, a star wars aficionado whatever they call the little motorcycle hovercraft looking thing you, you hop on that little motorcycle looking thing and you're, you're taking off flying at breakneck speed and uh, you, you even get a moment in there where you have the uh red dead uh the dead eye like slow down meter where you the enemies are chasing at you you slow time down to a halt take both of them out and you're just seeing these like big expansive districts. You end up pulling into one, heading to the bar. You you meet a character in the bar, and this is where I really started to get excited. There's a moment when uh, the main character that you're playing as she runs into what seems to be like a higher up, and you. The, the higher up tells you that you have to throw in some cash. You have to throw in some money because it's like a part of the, the typical tax that goes on in this world to, to make it out alive, to, to, to get away safely. And you get the option to either bribe that character or to not bribe that character. And the in the game, they choose not to bribe the character. 
and it turns into like full on Grand Theft Auto. You get a wanted level that pops up when you in, when you exit the bar. All the screens in the bar start, uh, you know, throwing up wanted photos of your face, uh, alerting the troops to your location. And then this is the this is the big moment. This is the big moment of the game. You you run off, you take off, and you head to your ship. And I'm like, okay, cool. You know, we'll get a cutscene, fly out of here. Nope. You are leaving uh you're you're leaving Earth's atmosphere. well it's I guess not Earth, but you're you're leaving the planet's atmosphere and you are heading in to space for straight up real gameplay encounters where you are in a third person perspective in these dogfight scenarios in the cockpit controlling your ship flying around in space and it seems that that's where a lot of the open world exploration is going to take place literally with your ship in space going to these different planets and I, uh, dude, I, I mean, sci-fi fans, you know, Starfield, uh, Star Wars Outlaws, like we're just eating so good and I, I, I feel just so goddamn lucky, truly feel so goddamn lucky to, to, to be alive experiencing this. This is a dream style game for me. Once again, to, uh, talking about it, like I talked about with Starfield, this is a dream style game for me. I, I don't have as much trust in massive as I do with, with BGS, but they, they showed a good bit of gameplay here and this shit looked really, really good, really good. I, I think that this is kind of that dream open world star Wars game that a lot of people have been hoping for. I, I think my only complaint would be that I th- uh, the character modeling doesn't look quite. I I think the the human character models don't look quite on par with like some of the different alien characters that you see in the game. Even your main character looks a little bit less like. Uh, I I don't really know the right word I'm looking for here. It doesn't look quite as impressive just from a a technical level as like some of the different alien creatures. And I guess. You know, maybe that could just be due to their naturally more unique design. But there were a couple things with the characters like mouth movement and stuff where I was like, I don't I'm not 100 percent sure on that. But that's very minor nitpicks. The game is, is scheduled for 2024 with no specific window attached to it. So that could very well be 2025 before we end up seeing it. Um, but yeah, the, this this looks crazy. It looks probably like a, a ten times more expensive than your average Assassin's Creed game. Obviously, not literally, but this this thing looks so so expensive. I imagine it's by far the most expensive Ubisoft game ever made. And yeah, once again, sci-fi fans, you are eating good. Star Wars fans, you are about to be eating really good. The EA shackles are no longer uh, restricting the freedom. Of the the Star Wars IP, it can go anywhere. It can be adapted into a game from any of these different talented-ass developers and studios. And this seems to be one of the first ones that we're going to get outside of EA. And uh, looking pretty good. Looking pretty, pretty damn good, man. Um, my, my main takeaway from this was like, 
if you want if you want a better playing, a more solid, a more fluid combat system than Starfield, but you still want that that kind of space exploration and all that, Star Wars Outlaws is probably going to be your go-to. If you want the freedom and the, you know, all the choices and all these different possibilities, like it, I don't think that whenever you saw the options pop up for the dialogue, it was one of two choices. I think it's going to be a, a little bit more of a, a straight up action adventure game than a role playing game, you know, well remains to be seen on that. But Starfield is your big like holy shit role playing game with all these different possibilities and and options and freedom. This seems to be like your your open world action adventure Star Wars game, your, you know, uh Star Wars 1313 kind of that energy, but but hopefully in a game that that sees the light of day. So dude, I'm I'm pumped. I I'm I'm really really pumped from what we saw here and and yeah, I, I like I said, Jedi Survivor is is probably my game of the year right now, and it seems in 2024, 2025 when this comes out, it'll likely be contending for that spot as well. Assassin's Creed Odyssey, I know it's not the same team, but Assassin's Creed Odyssey, I think is one of the like like best open world games from last generation, and so. Uh, you know, I love a lot of the, the Ubisoft games. I like their template for how they make open world games, and I'm excited to see their take on Star Wars. So that's that. And uh, for the Capcom showcase, uh, it was pretty much nothing. We did finally see an update for Pragmata, and it was another delay trailer. So we're getting a lot of delay trailers from Pragmata instead of trailers that give us information but i will say we did get a little bit of gameplay here we just saw a quick glimpse so you at least kind of get an understanding for what the the moment to moment might be in pragmatic looked a little bit of like a hack and slash like super super realistic looking hack and slash uh i don't not not character action but but I care, uh, hack and slash action adventure somewhere in that realm is what I'm guessing. It also appears that the little girl might have some powers in, in cause you're, you're like the main character is in battle and he's asking her for help. So I wonder why the main character would be asking her for help in this battle, unless she had some sort of magical abilities, magical powers that she can kind of bust out at any given time. So yeah, delayed again, no window or anything was given, so you're probably looking at 2025, 2026 on it, and yeah, the Capcom showcase outside of that was a absolute snooze fest, so that's it, just wanted to cut in here while we're talking about anticipation, that's some good anticipation, uh, anticipation game in there to, to throw in the mix, and uh, man, goddamn, Star, uh, Starfield, and now Star Wars Outlaws, like my, my anticipation levels, I don't know what the hell I'm going to do with myself. Don't know what the hell I'm going to do with myself. So goddamn pumped for, for the future of, of, of the sci-fi video game space. Damn good time, man. So appreciate y'all for, for tuning in. I'll kick it back to the video. All right. So we now head in to our top 10 announcements from, I'm just calling this the best of the rest. I, I don't really know a great term for it. We're really just going to look at our, we're going to shout, we're, we're pretty much just shouting out five indie games that were shown off this week because we, we, you know, the big dogs, the summer game fest, the Xbox showcase, the PlayStation showcase, like there, there were some indies in each of those, but uh, really wanted to kind of look at the other showcases and just throw out five things that we, we thought looked really cool to kind of put on y'all's radar. So uh, yeah, let's, uh, 
Uh, did did you do the last one on on the last list or did I go last on the last I, list? I went I went last. So let's let's have you kick it off cuz uh I'm excited to see what you come up with cuz we have same taste but then also a lot of similar tastes. So I'm excited to see what you got. So kick it off, man. I'm going to start with and there's so many that I will do I, I want to do like a round of shout outs at the end just like quick shout outs to put it on people's radar but sure. I, I want to start with Punch Club 2, I think. Um, this is seemingly like a fighting simulation game with maybe some, some role-playing elements. I never heard of punch club one. There (laughs) wasn't a a lot of it shown off, but the, in the little minute or whatever trailer it packed in, I should say there wasn't a long trailer, but a lot was shown off in that trailer. And I, I think this was at the, the future game show. But you're you're like training for boxing matches. You're interacting with different characters, and this is some sort of like old school adventure game style setting. And uh, yeah, you 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 like go to work, and it, I don't know. I I just love this combination of you know simulation and role playing and sports all being tied together. Also, a uh, Beastie Ball is being made from the the makers of Chicory and it okay. is a a volleyball RPG. So I just I, I I think that there was a real golden age of sports games where it wasn't just Madden, FIFA, NBA 2K, like a little bit more variety and this just this this felt it felt like some good variety going on there. Something I haven't seen before. So I wanted to give it a shout out. Nice. Good shout out, man. I don't know anything about it. So we'll go off what you said, but I'm, I just like you said, you go to work. You just want to play games where you go to work. <laughs> <laughs> no, but the whole offshoot of uh sports adjacent games, you're right. There's not a lot of that. Like there was back on like the PS2 day or even earlier back, like the mutant league games, which were like the more violent sports games. I remember those like NFL street, even like, yeah, right? you like those. Is that what it was called? NFL street? Yeah. No, NFL, NFL blitz. Sorry. That they're both of them, NFL Street and and NFL Blitz. They're both, yeah, both. I I mean, I loved those games so much. Classics of my childhood, absolutely. Yeah. All right. Well, cool. There you go. Punch Club Two. I guess play the first one if you haven't. We didn't even know about it. So I'm not playing that bad boy. (laughs) (laughs) I'm gonna play the second. I don't give a damn what's going on in the story. Give me my little Rocky character. Let me jump into Rocky (laughs) Two. Love it. Well, I guess going off the theme of like uh, adjacent skate not school already ruined skateboarding but adjacent uh what am i trying to say adjacent sports games there was a little title called hellskate um i don't i don't what is that face by the way that is a dude was that that a good face or a bad yes that is like when you're listening to music and and then you get to the drop and you're like oh that's when you gotta go to the bathroom really bad what's so wrong with you man i I can't (laughs) bro that hellskate game looks so sick i go go ahead I, i definitely got thoughts on this that looks so sick no, it's okay. I, I'm excited for your thoughts because I, again, people will learn to realize I'm not as good at going off the cup as, as off the cup. See, bam, <laughs> off the cup, off the cup, cuff. Oh my gosh. Scrap all this. Forget it. All right. Hellskate. Hellskate. What I wrote down was Tony Hawk meets Hades meets roguelite action. I don't, I'm going to say this first. I don't really care for roguelites anymore. I'm getting really tired of roguelites. Me too. However, this just looks so freaking cool. It's like Tony Hawk pro skater, but like with a Hades, like cool, I don't know, like fantasy, like mythological vibe. And and I didn't see much more than that other than the little trailer, but it just looks freaking fun. And like a game you would have seen on like the PS2 and you yes. just goof and gaff with friends. And 
I want to hear what you have to say because I don't know much more. But Hellscape looks freaking dope. Yeah, no, I, I watched the same trailer. I don't know much about it either, but it, it just it seems like you're avoiding like different environmental uh, attacks on your board. The, the enemies are doing some long range attacks potentially. You're ducking and dodging out of the way. It's just I understand the roguelite thing for indie developers when they're trying to maximize the length of their game without trying to cram as much content in it as possible with having you replay sections. But I'm with you. I'm I'm totally tired of the roguelites, but I do believe I heard the developers say it's like pick up and play friendly and it's not like brutally brutally challenging i think they're they're just giving you a little bit of uh replayability from what i picked up i could be wrong but looks so so cool like i i'm not ranking these we're just kind of shouting yeah. them out but this would have been maybe number one on my list this is wow. stunning to me this is absolutely stunning so yeah we're we're in sync on that no doubt about it it reminds me, this is a quick tangent, but I don't know if you remember these games. I don't have fond memories, but it reminds me of the games from back in the day, like Dark Summit. That was like that dark, like weird snowboarding game. There was a BMX game called Toxic Grind. Yes. I don't know if it was any good, but like a weird, do you have it over there? Yep. Uh, Toxic yeah. Grind. Yep. I got it. Yeah. That's awesome. Then there was like a weird, like inline free, free inline skating game. This just reminds me of like that vibe of just fun sports games that don't take themselves seriously. So hopefully it'll be cool we're both jazz for it obviously we'll talk about it when it comes out but for sure yeah that's that's one that i'm absolutely gonna check out on day one i don't know i i, I believe they said it was coming to console regardless usually when pc games do really well they end up getting a console port so I, i'm cool. definitely keeping my eye on that for me the next one i want to shout out is by sweet carol and i usually wouldn't give a shout out to this because it didn't have any gameplay but if this animated trailer is anything to go off of, uh, just with the, the cutscenes and the way that the story will be presented, this is something special. And it is coming from the creator of Remothered Tormented Fathers. So that's an all-time classic indie title for me. I, I guess you can call it indie. I don't, it's so hard to, to you know really define that term, but this it, it looks exactly like an old school Disney animated film, but it has this very foreboding creepy sort of atmosphere creepy feel with the narration going on and uh yeah give me a creepy disney adventure that looks like this coming from the twisted mind of the the, the person who you know created remothered tormented fathers the good one like yeah l l <laughs> let me let me see more on this for sure i'm glad you put this one on there because i i was going to put it on my list as well for the same reasons you said but the only thing holding back was i just what is the game going to be like? Exactly. I mean, Tormented Fathers was obviously like a third person over the shoulder ish kind of like, act, you know, it, not action adventure, stealth horror game. Right. Yep. So what do you, th my first vibe and this, this is, there's no bearing to go on. So don't listen to what I'm saying, but like, I get the vibes of like a point and click game. I don't, there's, I, there's no thing to go off on that, but that's right. the vibe I get. What do you think the game will actually, could it be like? I'm literally just shouting this out due to art style and pedigree from okay. the developer. Like, I really do not know at all. I, I could see very much adventure game, uh, very much point and click game, maybe narrative decision making game. Like, I could see some of those things being introduced here, but I, I truly have zero idea. I just think it's one of the more unique art styles that I've seen from uh, pretty much anything announced in this past week or two. Agreed. Yeah, I'm excited for that one, too. So we'll see what by Sweet Carol's like. Uh, the next one I'm going to go off is called A Tiny Sticker Tale. So 
I, I keep saying what I wrote down because I just write down little blurbs and I put it's a super duper charming and colorful adventure puzzle game. You're going to hear this again ad nauseum on this channel. Yes, I love the cute, super duper kitty looking games, but I don't care. I like horror games too. Just let me like all this stuff. All right? <laughs> uh, but this just, I don't have too much to say. A tiny sticker tail just looks like this adorable little, you just kind of are these like little animal characters and you solve puzzles and you just kind of venture around these like stages and don't know much about it, but it just looks really charming. I'm always get down for like a colorful art style where it tries to be a little bit more unique than just either the traditional pixel art or going full on like 3D, which doesn't always lend itself well in the three in the indie space where they may not have the budget. Um, yeah. And one that I, I like to find games to play with my wife and have like a list. So this one was like, all right, adding that to the list to play together when we finish a game. Did you even, did this even, do you remember this one? Did it jump out to you at all or? Uh, <laughs> no, <laughs> okay. not, not, not for me, man, but Hey, listen, I, I, uh, variety is the spice of life as they say. And I, truth be told, like, I'm not someone, if you give me something interesting and sticky, something that has something there that keeps me around, I don't really give a damn what it is. If it's unique, I'll check it out. I'm not, I'm not against any of these style of games. It's just not something that immediately appeals to me. But if it comes out and people are like, dude, this has this mechanic and that mechanic, I'm like, oh, cool. Let me, let me go mess around with those mechanics. That's kind of my thing. I, I really like new mechanics, different stories, stuff like that. Cool. Well, and you have to remember too, these showcases, these smaller ones that weren't as publicized, there's probably like 50 to hundred games announced. So to try to dive through every trailer, like we just had to find the ones that like immediately jumped out to us. So, you know, there's obviously tons more which so many more will lead you on to what your next one is yeah and also i want to give a shout out to the ign's of the world and all the different publications out there who did great recaps going through combing through all of these showcases because like that's what i use i'm, I'm not uh, not trying to be rude but i i just don't have that kind of free time to sit through all these showcases for two plus hours but shout out to the publications and shout out to just there's so much cool shit i wrote down a, a laundry list here that I'll, I'll just shout out quickly later but next i'm going to shout out eva Ludis. and this is the only game on this list that i heard about before this week and i've had my eye on it for a, a little bit i think a, a year or two at this point but this was also shown off at the Gorilla Collective. It's this 2D narrative-driven action-adventure game that incorporates some elements of stealth while also having like some, uh, seems like 2D MMA fights. And you're playing as this woman who is, is a professional MMA champion, if I'm not mistaken. Once again, my my love for for some good old combat sports there. But you you <laughs> you got decision making going on here you got stealth you got a good narrative seemingly like some mini games you're working out you're it, it, it just looks very different the art style is striking and i just want to give it a, another shout out because i don't think this is on enough people's radar and i think it looks like really really different that that's kind of my thing I'm, I'm combing through these i'm like what looks just totally different and this definitely looked different I well, I wasn't on my radar. So that's again what I love about the, your show and what you, you've been doing is you you throw out games that maybe not everyone's heard of. And as someone like me who is abreast of all the indie games coming out, hadn't heard of this one. So it doesn't quite sound like my cup of tea. Just like the other one I mentioned, maybe wasn't. But like you, it's cool when there's a game, at least that you can glean from a trailer. That's like, hey, I'm trying to do something a little bit different, right? Just something to like kind of throw it off. You can't be completely different all the time. You got to still stick to some standards that work for people but yeah uh this one sounds kind of cool I, I will i will have to watch more about it so that was a good shout out for sure well hit me with your next one man 
This one, I think people have seen somewhat more. I think it was at PAX East or something maybe, but uh, Toxic Crusaders. So I'm not familiar with the Toxic Crusaders like cartoon or show or whatever it was back in the day, but essentially this it looks like a really awesome old school beat-em-up brawler, kind of like TMNT from back in the day or the Simpsons mm-hmm. Arcade or you know the more recent like Streets of Rage 4. It looks like a really lovingly crafted brawler beat up I actually don't really care for the uh, brawler beat up genre. I just, I, I didn't really even like them back when I was a kid at the arcades, but this Toxic Crusaders just, even not caring about the source material looks like one of those fun games that you just jump through some colorful stages, pummel a bunch of baddies, eat floor chicken. Cause that's a thing. And uh, just have a good time with some friends. I don't know if it's online, but even for not caring about that genre, you can tell the developers, especially like when they talked about it at PAX, they looked and seemed so passionate about their project. Like you could just feel it oozing. So that's one that I think people have heard of, but um, I'm excited for it. Is this one that you're, you know of it all? Yeah, I watched the trailer for that as well. It it, it definitely looks good. It, it very much looks in that vein, like you said, of your, your Streets of Rage games and your Shredder's Revenge. And like, it, it definitely has that energy going for it. So yeah, it looks, no doubt, it, it, it does look good. Looks very, very polished. So good shout out there for me my uh i don't even know what number we're on here but i'm gonna i'm gonna shout out hyper light breaker and uh it's coming from the team that made hyper light drifter but this is a open world action game here we and and then the art style i just think is really really unique and um you you it's so many things going on here, which is what I really love about the indie space. It's so innovative with the different mechanics. You're you're shooting. Uh, you got some third person hack and slash combat. You got like a little snowboard, skateboard something style hoverboard that you're you're moving around on. It at breakneck speed, and it, I don't know. It just had a lot going on here that that looked cool and and had a bunch of different mechanics that I feel will be fun to mess around with. They're also allowing you to. Uh, create new builds of your character, un- unlock different characters to play as I believe. So just a lot going on here for, for, you know, this title, it looks very ambitious. Yeah. It seems like one of the bigger titles, right. released in all these showcases that cause the name Hyperlight um, Drifter, right. Has yeah. so much, uh, clearly not for me, has a lot of pedigree behind it. Did you play the, did you play Hyperlight Drifter? No, it, it, that, it, it this is much more my speed the open world you know action adventure element of uh, the hyperlight breaker that that's much more my speed but I, I might have to go and check out hyperlight drifter i don't i don't know much about it but i remember seeing it and being like eh, i'm not sure i think it's known for and i could be wrong cuz i didn't play it either but i'm pretty sure it's known for like it's really intense challenging combat and uh like the way you just frenetically move about with your different abilities but this looks like maybe kind of a different experience in the same universe, I guess. Is that yeah, the idea? Okay. I think so, because I think I even heard them say that, that that it's it's a little bit of a departure from Hyperlight Drifter. But you know, we'll we'll see. We'll see for sure. Awesome. That looks like a good one. Um, the next one is gonna be kind of a different choice from anything we've talked about. I don't know much about it, like a lot of these, but it's called Grifford Academy. So it's this turn-based rpg that as you might guess from the name takes place in an academy in a school like an academic themed rpg if you will which i don't know for some reason about it watching the trailer i was like okay this could be pretty intriguing the idea of going through like your school activities but then like you take place part in battles but getting to know the different characters it reminded me of this small indie game um i don't think i heard anyone talk about called eichenfell it was like this charming magical wizard 
school RPG that was a lot of fun a couple of years ago. And this Grifford Academy one just kind of reminded me of like the old school turn-based RPGs I used to play on like PS1 and PS2. That's the vibes I was getting. So for me, it just, I don't know, it kind of looked pretty charming. Um, I know you don't like turn-based stuff. Did you, is this one that maybe would be on your radar or not so much? I like different, man. And this looks different. This is, yeah. you know, once again, you're, you're a great time to come out. Everybody's hot off Hogwarts legacy. And like, this has some of that similar energy going in with the, the school. If here's my thing, I love <laughs> bully so much. And because okay. the thing I love about bully is the fact that the classes are all so varied. Once again, you'll hear me, uh, the people who've been around the channel for a while know I love variety, man. I like doing so <laughs> many different things in games and like each class and bully had its own little mini game. So anything like that, if this game introduces that, I don't know that, but if it introduces anything like that, dude, I'm there. I, I, I'm not. There's a lot of people who really have like nostalgia for the school, you know, the times of their life. I'm not really one of them people. I hated school so much. Just <laughs> my, my brain didn't work for school at all. Um, so I, I don't really have like that love for school settings, but I have love for variety with <laughs> mechanics. And if the classes provide that, absolutely sign me up on it. I like you, man. Don't worry. I, I'm not a school person either. It took me a million years to ever do anything and get grades and finish college took me a million years. So like, I'm not even using it anyway. So don't worry. I understand Dude, school was brutal. I, I missed, I think 78 days, my senior year of, of <laughs> high school and listen to how, uh, I don't even know if I can, I don't, I, I don't think they can sue me, but listen to how goddamn dumb this school is. I graduated yeah. with A's and B's missed 78 days. <laughs> how is that possible? All right, Dude, I like <laughs> the teachers, like, they would just write down that, that you, you, you know, write down, you, you got an A on the test that you didn't take. It nice. was wild, wild school, but it was, it was just a, it was a chaotic, chaotic school. It was too much for them to, to keep track <laughs> of, I guess, but it, it, I missed so much. And well, to be fair, I, I, your senior year, you have the, well, at, at this school, you had the thing where you could leave at lunchtime. Oh, and nice. so I didn't have that at first. And then once I had that, like for the second semester, I pretty much went to school for uh, a, a good chunk of the days. There was still, I, I lived right next to the school. So I would just skip school nonstop, like a, like nonstop when, and my mom worked like 18 hour days. And so there was no one ever home there. And like I said, my dad was a maniac, so he was off doing his own thing. And so there was no one ever at the house. So we were just, we were just wild and uh, two blocks away from the school. People just walking over there. But anyways, that, that's a totally different uh, tangent there, but we're, okay. are we on our final game? I mean, I were, yeah, well, you have some, I think you have shout outs and I, I don't think I have any others. So I think of our five, yeah, I have one more and then you have one more and then you can do your shout outs. So okay. go for it. Yeah. What do you got? I'm going to give my, this is to me, I, I think that that, that escape uh, hellscape game was probably one of the more interesting ones, but this is also up there. This is called resistor. Once again, in that extreme sports realm, uh, it's being billed as SSX meets Burnout. It's a, they're what? calling it an open world car PG. Okay. And it seems very character driven as you're, you're, you're seemingly building like teams of drivers. And uh, I, I'm guessing that's where some of the decision making comes into play, where you're deciding like who you want to race on your team and who you, you know, align with. Do you align with the character who might be a cheater, but he gets results or do you take the 
a safe, moralistic route where you, you go with the guy who kind of sucks, but you, you don't get the results, but you feel good about yourself at the end of the day. It just, I, I don't really know how they're giving <laughs> uh, choice and consequence any flavor with a racing game, but I'm <laughs> very curious to see how it pans out. Um, the gameplay wasn't, there wasn't a lot of gameplay and what we did see looked a little bit choppy. So I'm concerned about that, but it seems they're going for like this total car carnage, vehicular combat, twisted metal, like burnout. Like it seems to be taking inspiration from all the right directions. And uh, yeah, it just, I, I thought it looked once again, very, very unique, which I think a lot of indie games excel at looking very, very unique, but those are kind of the ones that really stood out uh, up above the rest. In my opinion. I mean, you're, you're right about indies. That's what's so great is they, often blow AAA games out of the water just in the sense of they have to be unique to stand out. So the, the fact that they call it a car PG is enough for me to, to try it because I love a good pun. If that's even considered a pun, I don't yeah. know. But it just seems such a, the, the name Resistor doesn't, it, that to me, like I started thinking of like a cyberpunky, like stealthy, like adventure game. I didn't think anything about like cars and RPG. So uh, the name is, is unique, but I, I don't know anything about this one, but uh, it's based on the pun alone. I'm there. Yeah. Did the you first place finish? You Did you have another one you wanted to shout out or, or I, yeah. I, okay. Yeah. My last one. I, I don't know. I, I feel weird for even being excited about this one. I don't know why, but it's called a Corgi's cozy hike. I, this looked kind of cool. A little, know, a little, but I feel so stupid. Like I, I like weird quirky, like charming games, but I don't know. For some reason, this just feels too like weird. But anyway, it's a freaking 3d platformer. You play as a Corgi dog, you jump around, you do 3d platforming. I don't know. It looks freaking cute. And you jump and you collect crap as a Corgi. What more could you want? Dang it. This, this felt very PS2, you know, 3d platformer energy. Like I, I actually thought this looked kind of cool as well. I'm not going to lie. I thought this looked pretty cool. Yeah. Listen, you have a th if there's a 3D platformer, good, bad, or otherwise, for me personally, I will buy it and play it even if it's awful. I don't care. Most of the time I buy them and they're not that good, but I love a freaking 3D platformer. And if you play as a Corgi and you jump around, so be it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. What are your shout outs? Because I don't have any others. It was actually a struggle for me to find five that really stuck. So what are your shout outs that you got? I want to just get, I'm going to run through these real quick just to put them on people's radar. World of Horror. Um, uh, let's see, Little Guardsman. I've already seen that though. It looks uh, amazing. Okay. Gory, cuddly carnage looks <laughs> incredible. Eternite, Eternite, Steel Seed, and there was one more, Numata. Those would be those would be my shout outs. I'm just gonna throw the names out there. I'll, I'll put up like a logo for each of them on in the video so that you can kind of know what to search for. I would recommend watching a trailer on all those. Those are like my big shout outs from from these different showcases. But they're, they're, yeah, there there was some good stuff that that has been announced in these showcases, and we still have the Ubisoft Forward uh, today, actually, probably right now going on that is uh, showing off that that Star Wars gameplay. So I'm I'm really really excited about it that but oh yeah lots of good stuff as you can both tell we're both champions of indie games and trying new innovations and developers trying new things so you're going to get a lot of those you're going to get plenty of the big games here but obviously tons of smaller stuff because they deserve credit for working their tails off to try new things so those were some to get excited for for sure man and yeah. uh we'll run through this next one really quick here the we're, we're going to go through our top 10 games of 2002 this is a little project that i've been doing i, I want to go through every year i want to go for well not every year but from 2000 up to 2022 <laughs> and then kind of lead up into you know the top 10 for 2023 or however we end up doing that here on the channel and uh 
yeah, I, I want to create like a top 100 list of all time at some point. I just, I, I find that that challenge intriguing, but we're going to run through this real quick because we're already, the show is already really, really long. Um, so let's just rapid fire through these bad boys and I will, we'll do five a piece here. I'll start off with my five. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to give a shout out to Star Wars Bounty Hunter. I, I, I know this game definitely didn't receive the critical fanfare, the critical love that I that, that I think it deserves. But just the the jetpack platforming, you know, the 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 great standalone story here, uh, finding you know the different wanted people out in the world, uh, just great weapon variety, a solid challenge, and yeah, I I just I really really dug Star Wars Bounty Hunter as a kid. I loved doing my my uh, jetpack platforming where I'm I'm trying to gauge if I have enough juice in my jetpack to get. From one destination to the next and you know failing multiple times trying to do that it was just i, I loved it as a kid and I, I even replayed it recently and i still think it, it it's damn fun to me awesome love it but first of all i'm going to shout out and i should say these aren't like i can't speak for brandon's picks but mine are not necessarily going to be the critical ones they're just ones that personally for sure i yeah. absolutely adore from this year so the first one which is beloved uh, is time splitters too so Time Splitters 2, first person shooter from Free Radical, I believe. I believe um, so. It's just a quirky, cartoony first person shooter that very much at the time people wanted more something that played like GoldenEye. Time Splitters 2 was it. It had a really cool first person, excuse me, it had a really cool story mode where you went through different eras and time periods and locations around the world, which was super cool. But it was the local multiplayer that really hit home because you could play on a whole bunch of cartoony maps you could play as the most wacky characters with a whole bunch of different weapons and you just do your death matches, your team death matches, capture the flags, etc. But I have such a fondness for time splitters too. Cause I used to play with a bunch of friends back in the day and we would just swap up our characters and, you know, have a good old little shootout. Um, but that's, that one's still a blast to play today. So. Yes. Yeah. I really hope that we see more from that, that time splitters game that they have in development, but yeah, that's a, Great shout out there. For me, number four, I'm going with Resident Evil Zero. And this is going to be my controversial pick for the show. And I also got, we got to, I got to clear up. If I throw top 10 best games of 2002 in the title, that's for the damn algorithm, guys. <laughs> these, these are our, these are our favorite games of 2002. I don't know what you want from me. Top 10 favorite games of 2002 is not going to get searched in the algorithm. So we're, we're doing top 10 best. These are the best games to us. But, uh, yes. That's fair. That's honest. It's fair. Yeah. They're the best to us. They're top 10 to us. Dang it. Hey, you guys, if, if y'all are searching through YouTube, you know how the damn algorithm works. We got to we're, we're fighting up against the big dog. So we got to use the algorithm to our advantage from time to time. But uh, there you go. <laughs> I, I, I'm throwing out Resident Evil Zero. This is my controversial pick because to talk about this. This this isn't going to go over well. I like it more than Resident Evil one, the remake. Oh boy. All right. I do, man. I just, I loved swapping between Billy and, and, uh, Rebecca. And I thought it made for like on the fly puzzle solving. And I thought that was really unique where one character could be low in health. So you, you know, make them stay back one character, you know, you, you have Billy go out and grab resources for Rebecca or Rebecca go out and grab resources for Billy, bring them back, you know, sw uh, uh, throwing away the items on the fly. Like that. I just, I thought that it made for really interesting on the fly puzzle solving a very, very challenging game, but I, that dynamic was new and fresh to me and just swapping between the different characters. Like, I, I don't think it gets enough love. Resident Evil Zero was, the story is wonky as hell. So, so wonky. It probably didn't need to be like this main canon entry. I do think it provides a cool backstory before the, the big events of Raccoon City, but I don't know. I, 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 
I just, I, I really enjoyed this. I enjoyed it more than Resident Evil 1. I know that's not popular, but I just, I did. Hey, it's your choice. That's the great thing, right? This is our favorite picks, and some of that could be nostalgic. Some of that could be just because that's what we like more. There's nothing wrong with that. Absolutely, man. What and this isn't going to this is going to be even more true in what I'm about to tell you. <laughs> no one's probably going to agree with this if you talk about top things, but I don't care because it's one of my favorite. Scooby-Doo, Night of 100 Frights. I can't tell you how much fondness I have for this game from 2002. I love Scooby-Doo. I love things all dark and spooky. If you combine those together into a Halloween-type spooky game where you explore wharfs and fisheries and haunted mansions and haunted mazes and things like that, it's not a great game. It's not even. <laughs> been a good game but you play as the scooby gang and you, you explore these fantastic locations the music is is on point and i just have so much nostalgia for this game that when i think of past games this reminds me of that year and it reminds me of that time in my life i have it sitting on my shelf over here somewhere i just recently replayed it and beat it it wasn't nice. even that fun it was actually really brutal trying to get through a lot of these boss stages but it was a top game for me and i would always recommend it and just one of the best scooby-doo games but hey it's one of my favorite of 2002. So like it or don't, whatever. Here we are. Yeah. Yeah. It, <laughs> I, I went back and bought those uh, recently on, I believe the GameCube, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. I got, yeah, I got, they're on I, GameCube. Got yep, I got three of them sitting over there on GameCube. So yeah, it's a, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I, I played a little bit of them. I need to, I need to check them out again because they were, they were fun for the little bit. I, I dove into there, but yep. number three for me, this is a tricky one because I don't know if I should qualify it, but if, if you don't want me to qualify it, here's what I'll do. I'll, I'll throw in Sly Cooper as my number five bump Star Wars Bounty Hunter to four and so forth and so on. If you don't want to, if people want to get too technical, I got to cover my bases here. So No, you don't. It's your video. Do what you want. <laughs> this is it's tricky because I enjoyed this as a kid a little bit, but it got a remake in 2020, and that is Mafia 1. Oh. So... I, but here's the thing. So I, this is why it's tricky because the reason I love this game is the story and it's the same story from the original. So like, I feel like that should let it qualify. I, I think the, the, the gameplay improvements are, are obvious in the remake, especially for like the, the racing section and stuff, <laughs> but the, the story, the ending is crazy and how that leads straight into two dude, that ending is like top 10 endings in video game history. I love that ending so, so much. I think the story is incredible. And uh, yeah, it, it just, the the new coat of paint that was added with the remake really helped it. But I, I did play it a good bit as a kid. It was just really tough for me as a kid. I had a hard time getting through it. So tough to put it in here, but I, I still think it deserves a spot. Like I said, you can kind of rearrange that a little bit, throw Sly Cooper in at number five. If, if people aren't pleased with my, my pick there for mafia one, but that story at the time, like to think that they, they connected all of that together at the time is really, really impressive. So yeah, I'm, I'm going to go mafia one at number three. That's a good show, man. I don't know why you, I don't see why you wouldn't slot it there. It doesn't matter if there's a remake or not, or even if you didn't complete it at the time or not, it's still, if it's a game that from that time was, what you consider to be one of the best like it doesn't it doesn't matter if there's a remake or not it was still a game at that time before remake so yeah I mean, and you're, you're talking about too a, a game at the time like you know that was before we really started seeing like constant gta clones popping up like that was a fresh new interesting idea like a really really gritty take on that open world action adventure you know approach it was it was very very different than gta which a lot of the clones that came out were trying to be gta this yeah. felt so 
a much more subdued, much more subtle, much more like classic gangster film esque in its nature. And and yeah, Mafia One, it, it, great, great game. I highly, if you're gonna play it, obviously play the remake. But yeah, <laughs> interestingly, I have the Mafia One remake pinned in my Xbox like dashboard just to play that. So interestingly, yeah. it's been there that I want to start touching on that more. So there you go. And you can get through it in like like 15, 20 hours. It's not it's not crazy at all. It's not crazy at all. Though the the world is just like a like set dressing you don't have to go off and you know uh, explore thousands of kilometers like it's just you drive through <laughs> it and kind of get the the backdrop the feel of this mafioso world love it all right man i'm gonna go in number three uh it's gonna be kingdom hearts the first one so i adore the kingdom hearts series all the convoluted nature and everything now when i played this game back in the day and i'll be straight up i didn't finish at the time i got stuck on the cerberus boss fight in the hercules world never finished it I still haven't finished Kingdom Hearts 1 to this day, but I've beat oh, Kingdom wow. Hearts 2 like four times. <laughs> um, but the original Kingdom Hearts, when that came out, I was not a Final Fantasy fan. Like I I played some of them, but I just wasn't a Final Fantasy fan. But again, you throw in that classic Disney stuff, Nightmare Before Christmas, you know, uh, how, why am I forgetting everything about Disney? <laughs> anyway, <laughs> throw in all the classic Disney stuff and I was sold. I just, the whole idea could have completely fell apart. Because at the time, you have to remember, the idea of like Final Fantasy, this beloved RPG series mixing with Disney shenanigans, like it's cool now and people love it now. But back then people were like, this is not going to work. This is just going to be so bizarre. But the way they interspersed it into the worlds and the narrative, even as confusing as it is, it is, it's just charming beyond heck. And I still go back and play the first Kingdom Hearts. It's on my PS5 to like play the PS4 version and beat it. But man, um, at the time that was just... Uh, I just love that game and I love the series, but the second one's my favorite, but that's not 2002. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, you have any well, experience with kingdom hearts? I just, I don't know if it's anything that you'd care for, but no, I, I might've rented it and played a little bit of it, but I, I don't really, I have no memories of, of kingdom hearts whatsoever. I, okay. yeah, it, it's once again, just, just not really my up my street, but I, I do definitely respect it. And I respect that it goes, you know, it goes for broke with those stories, man. It really tries to go all out, but <laughs> all right. Number two for me, I'm going with SmackDown Shut Your Mouth. You guys know anytime there's a, a wrestling game released at any given year up until probably 2009, it's going to be on my list. And this was just, this was such a humongous improvement over just bring it in every way. The, the story was so good. Here was like the first, what I would consider great wrestling story, tons of decision-making. It was much longer than just your hour, you know, hour long, just bring it story. You had the, the brand split draft going on. It was visually stunning. The mechanics were overhauled. It was just such a great game that me and my buddies played for for hundreds and hundreds of hours. It doesn't get enough credit because Here Comes the Pain is generally considered like one of, if not the greatest wrestling game ever that came to 2003, I believe. So I'll be talking about that on the next one. But uh, <laughs> it, it it's it definitely laid the groundwork for Here Comes the Pain to to improve on it and iterate on it but this was this was what laid the groundwork for that so it, it should get more respect shut your mouth number two for sure for me cool man i i will trust you fully on that. <laughs> last time i played a wrestling game was uh the n64 ones which i adored back in the day uh when i liked wrestling as a kid but i trust you on that and there you go so play that if you're we're looking for some 2002 WWW <laughs> something reaction. <laughs> I know I'll learn. Listen, it's our first show. I'll learn about all the wrestling stuff. Give me time, man. <laughs> I don't follow it anymore either, man. I can't, I can't really keep you up to speed on it, but <laughs> hit me with your number two. 
All right, my number two is going to be Legend of Zelda Wind Waker. Um, again, at the time, people were so appalled by Nintendo taking this cartoony, cel-shaded direction. Oh my gosh, how can you, how dare you switch from this like realistic look? Because one of the first trailers showed off for a Zelda at the time was like this hyper-realistic one that kind of turned into be Twilight Princess. Um, I'm not a Zelda fan anymore. I'm just, just not my cup of tea anymore. But back in the day, Wind Waker was my jam. I, again, I'll be honest, I've still never finished the game to this day. A lot of these games I just never finished, but I'll replay parts of them over and over again. Um, but just the opening, the opening of that game and the music kicking in and the way you go across the ocean and the, the Zelda tunes from Koji Kondo plays like it's, it brings up so much emotion for me. I remember buying the expensive like soundtrack from Japan at the time and, it's just, if you like the Zelda games, Wind Waker is is just phenomenal. And I, I still have it up on my shelf. I, I kind of want to get a Wii U just to play the remake because they haven't brought the remake to Nintendo Switch, but it's a it's a, it's a high-class game. And in my opinion, probably the best Zelda game, even though I've never finished it. So <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, I, I, I kind of want to go back to some of those classic Zelda games because, you know, Oh, that's a whole different, once again, a whole different tangent. We'll, we'll, we'll save the tangents because we're going long as shit. Let me go ahead and get to my number one. I'm going to go with Grand Theft Auto Vice City. Obviously, everybody that knows me knows that's going to be number one. Ray Liotta, it's as Ella Tommy in the game. You, you had the, the introduction of flying missions for the first time in, I don't want to say any open world game ever, but I don't know if it was ever in a, in any open world game before this um at, at least like uh, open world games styled like this which you know open world games styled like this really just came out the year before in 2001 with GTA 3 so it was just a game changer flying around in that open world purchasing property kind of becoming this kingpin of Vice City like it, it it was just we we put in the cheats nonstop. We we would pass the controller back and forth, getting the wanted levels up, taking the boats out for a spin in uh in Vice City. Like it, it was it was just fucking phenomenal, man. Just just absolutely phenomenal. A, a game changer in in two thousand and two. And uh, yeah, it, it's by far my number one. Nice, good shout out. All right. Well, my last one for my number one is going to be Eternal Darkness Sanity's Requiem. Adore this game. I don't have too much to say. People that know horror and know that time period already know that even though Silicon Knights went south, uh, Eternal Darkness Sanity's Requiem at the time really upped the ante when it comes to the psychological elements and just the way it messed with like your TV and your sound and your save games. That wouldn't really fly today because you can Google anything. But back in the day, it was revolutionary and you explored different time periods and you you had this haunted mansion story. But then it broke out into different historical characters that you played as. But it all came back to this Royvis mansion and the creepy goings on there. Um, I hope one day Nintendo does something to bring it back. Some some sort of a remake remaster like they did with Metroid Prime. But it's it's a phenomenal horror game. And um yeah, that's my number one for twenty, not twenty, two thousand. <laughs> Years are flying by. Yeah, it's it's bizarre that 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 that's like one of the forgotten gems from from the GameCube generation that just doesn't seem to be getting ported or added to any sort of collection or just really uh bizarre. But yeah, those are our top ten games from two thousand and two. So uh, hit us in the comments with your own if you would like. Now. We're going long as hell here, so let's go ahead and wrap this bad boy up with our favorite indie games of all time. 
And uh, once again, we'll just do five apiece, run through these rapid fire, get out of y'all's hair, let you get back to your day. I'm going to give a shout out to Rollerdrome off the bat here. This uh, came out last year, if I'm not mistaken. It was a PlayStation Plus day one game, and I played the shit out of this thing. I thought this was so, so fun. You, It's essentially like rollerboarding, a Tony Hawk meets uh, Max Payne with some of the slowdown features, a Sable-esque art style. It, it, it just totally, totally clicked for me, and... I, I, it's tough because it was published by private division, I believe. So it's like, what does indie really mean? I don't think that they were working with much more than a, whatever, 10, 15, $20 million budget. So I guess that still categorizes as indie. I, I really don't know, but it, it, it's indie in some sense. And I, I definitely would, it, it's an absolute must play in my opinion, if you're into like the extreme sports games of yesteryear. Awesome, man. Good choice. I haven't played it yet, but I know it's on the PS Plus still, and there's a trial. So haven't played it, but I, I keep hearing good things about it. It's and the double the AA, the double A and indie line is very blurred. So I think at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter. It's all kind of in the same genre or same whatever. Yeah. Um, my number five, and I should preface my indie list of all time changes weekly because there's so many indie games coming out. But at least at the time of writing this, uh, number five is going to be a recent one called Shadows Over Loathing. So there was a previous game from developer Asymmetric called West of Loathing, and it looks like a Flash game from back in the day. It's a black and white, monochromatic stick figure game, which sounds unappealing to a lot of people. The humor is on point. It's a turn-based RPG. Um, Shadows Over Loathing is basically, again, the same style. It's a turn-based RPG where you play the stick figures. It's one of the most hilarious games. I just finished it a few weeks ago with my wife and we absolutely adored the humor. It was laugh out loud, funny. You have quirky characters. You have tons of great worlds to explore, but it's turn-based battles. It's quests. It's picking up items. It's leveling up your character, but with this very comedic character structure and this very comedic narrative, and it will just laugh out, make you laugh out loud. It's like 10 to 12 hours long. So it's pretty good length. Um, but yeah, Shadows Over Loathing is a fantastic game with a lot of humor um, and just easy to get through. So. Yeah, I, I'm definitely going to check this out. The, the, that is 100% up my alley. That 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 looks incredible. So yeah, good shout out there. I'm for sure checking that out. I'm cool. going to give a shout out to... Oh, man. I'm going to give a shout out to Soma here uh, for, for my number four spot. It, once again, you talked about frictional games earlier, the, the team behind Amnesia. For me, this was just like in that realm of, of whatever, walking sims, stealth, hiding from monsters, but just this existential storyline that they had going on, questioning what is human, what is what it means to be alive, like what even qualifies for that, like just all the 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 psychological storytelling that was going on towards the back end of that game. Like it really, really stuck with me. It was one of those stories that after I finished, I was like, damn man, like you, you start pondering existence and uh, yeah, Soma, Soma was, was really, really something special in that department. I'm, I'm going to give it a shout out for my, my number four here. Not that, not that we're necessarily ranking these, but, but yeah, definitely a, a huge shout out to, to Soma and um Yeah. <laughs> cool man i need to dive back into that <laughs> pun intended i've played it a few times but never finished it so here we are soma uh my number four is going to be going on the water aquatic theme of soma not a horror game though is called a game is the game is called submerged hidden depths 
I've never heard anybody talk about this game. It's a small indie game where essentially you explore this very small but open ocean area that's been there's a city there before, but it's all been ravaged by like this cataclysmic event. And you're a brother and sister who must explore this open ocean, again, a very small one. And it's all about exploration and adventuring. So there's no combat, but you explore kind of uncharted style, you know, clamoring up buildings and all that. But it's all, all about finding out this relationship between your brother and sister. Your brother has this special power that has caused some damage, but now they're trying to repair it. It's very emotional. But the way you just kind of flow throughout the ocean and get, you can upgrade your ship. You explore these little disparate islands and buildings that have been, you know, ravaged by the storms. And you basically are trying to bring the light back to the world. But the way it plays out, the way it just guides you from location to location, and just how beautiful it is, it's a phenomenal game. I know when I played and reviewed this game way back in the day, I probably gave it one of the highest scores I did on the channel because it was just that mesmerizing and relaxing but captivating with the story. So Submerged Hidden Depths is the sequel to the original Submerged. It's a phenomenal and artistic indie game. If you like a more slow paced one. Nice. I'll have to check that out. I, like you said, I, I've never heard of that before you, uh, before you shouted it out. So cool. damn good shout out there. One I'm going to keep on my radar. Yes, I, so I'm going to, I'm going to give a shout out here to Dredge. It came out this year, so it's hard to, you know, like how to how do I feel about it in retrospect? That's something that you always got to kind of consider here. But man, the the idea of dredge of just this uh, fishing simulator meets horror game meets light role playing elements, like just the combination of all these things that sound like they would never go together somehow just blended for a perfect experience for me, man. I adored this game, uh, really went through and like got all the upgrades I could get. Just, I, I would literally spend hours just dredging, just trying to find new, uh, you know, gold rings to take to the pawn shop. And I, I, I just, I really got addicted to that hook and getting the upgrades over the course of the game and being able to, to tackle more treacherous, waters and fish for more specialized uh catches if you will and uh yeah it just it, it totally totally worked for me loved some dredge awesome man that's a it's a solid shout out people seem to adore that game so i'm i i'm glad i'm glad you're shouting it out here yeah we got a lot of water themed games these last ones it seems like <laughs> that is true yeah uh what are we on number was that your number three yeah i think so i'm kind of just throwing these out shouting these out all right the next one i got is called the adventure pals so again, I'm going to, these are mostly going to be ones you haven't heard of a lot or just anybody in general probably hasn't heard of a lot. So I remember hearing about this game from the UK based PlayStation access years and years ago. That's called the adventure pals. It's a cute, charming 2d platformer with some fantastic music. You have a derpy giraffe whose tongue spins around and that's how you float around the skies, but it's just a really fun, charming, uh, 2d platformer stage based. You have tons of upgrades and collectibles and, each enemy you defeat gives you experience points. It's not an RPG, but it kind of feeds into the whole loop of everything you do gives you back something. So you're always working towards something. It's just comedic. It's funny. It has great stage layouts. There's an overworld map. You can play in co-op. Um, but the Adventure Pals is just a very fun, silly 2D platformer that deserves a lot more attention. Interestingly, the people that made that game are also the same people that made Cult of the Lamb. So if you like Cult of the Lamb, although it's a completely different game, their first game or one of their first games was the Adventure Pals. So yeah, there's that. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Cult of the Lamb. I, I really enjoyed that last year. I, I had a good time messing around with Cult of the Lamb. So that good shout out there. Uh, the right. team with a real pedigree, but Indeed. I'm going to go 
into Norco here. I'm going to shout out Norco. Played this for the first time last year through Game Pass, a point-and-click narrative adventure of sorts. And I just, once again, found the story here like truly, truly incredible. I thought that the art style was strikingly unique but simplistic. This, uh, you know, Louisiana-esque backdrop, tons of interesting characters that you're meeting along the way, getting to make some choices, kind of takes a twist into a mild spoilers here but kind of takes a twist into a sci-fi direction that I, I i found interesting and the final like act of that game it's so crazy seeing choices that you made and characters that you interacted with and maybe helped out how they come back to help you in the kind of <laughs> final moments of that game like it, it really really was was something truly unique and uh i think it's still on game pass if i'm not mistaken so go and check that out if you're a game pass subscriber Cool. I'm not familiar with that one, but if it has the choices, I know how much you love choice in games. So that yeah. must, be, must be a solid one then, Norco. All right, cool. So the next one I'm going to go with, you're going to see a theme of the games I talk about. I love platformers. It's my go-to genre. It's going to be a hat in time. Uh, a hat in time has been out for a number of years now. It's just a charming as heck 3D platformer that harkens back to PS1 and 64 days. Um, you play as Hat Kid, <laughs> whose spaceship gets like stranded. And you have to go find all these time pieces that have scattered across all these, you know, random, colorful worlds. One of the worlds is called Mafia Town. So it's it's a 3D platformer that's very. Uh, it has a lot of dark moments that you wouldn't expect, but it's fun. It's playful. You collect things. You do boss battles, and it's, it's a 3D platformer. What else do you want from me? It's a fantastic one though, and has a lot of good writing and just good characters, and it's a fun one. So Hat in Time is my number two. Yeah, I, I, so I'm struggling here because I got a few that I, 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 let me give a couple shout outs real quick and I'll close off with, with what I do believe is my favorite indie game of all time. Okay. I'm going to give a quick shout out to, and, and some of these, like you said, double A indie, I really don't know the correct classification for some of these. I'm going to give a shout out to Maneater. I'm gonna give a shout out to Remothered Broken Porcelain, and I'm gonna I'm gonna give a shout uh, out to oh oh my bad my, uh, Tormented Fathers. How yeah. dare you get Broken Porcelain? You monster! Good catch there. Totally, yeah, yeah. Tormented Fathers, Broken Porcelain was the indeed broken. Go Although ahead. side story, Remothered Broken Porcelain is the game that that Brandon and I met. So. Yep. That broken game had us meet. So anyway, yeah, yeah, that, that is, that is, uh, yeah. Cause I commented on your review of yep. it and totally, uh, you, you, you ripped it apart and for damn good reason, it was a broken, broken mess, but Tormented I, okay. yeah. Tormented fathers for me. So, uh, shout out to those. They're a little nightmare. Shout out to that plague tale innocence. That's a tough one. I know that is technically indie, but it's it just looks so friggin', you know, triple a triple I, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> I'm going to go with like my my goat indie game the greatest of all time to me my favorite is The Forgotten City. This was a very very small team that initially just made this as a mod in Skyrim and it is a time looping narrative adventure with every character in this world having a real like central through line to the main plot the main plot is crazy it's so bizarre it goes in so many different directions multiple different endings it's all there's a little bit of combat you got like a bow and arrow that you can use uh, but how you even get the bow and arrow is so unique like every setup to each moment is so unique like it's not just 
everything feels so intentional in this game. Like nothing feels procedural. Nothing feels like just generic content. Everything feels so handcrafted and purposeful. It's uh yeah, it's just, it's, it's probably my favorite indie game of all time. A really, really unique with a good, uh, it, it, it feels kind of once again, triple a ish. The character modeling is really good. Uh, the writing is really good. Just, I don't really have any complaints with it whatsoever. And it's not one of those time loop games that feels like a roguelite or anything. Like each time you loop back in time, you keep the information and the resources that you've obtained, or you, you at least keep the information. And it's, it's like you, you kind of have a good idea of how to solve the mystery from each loop from one to the next. So, yeah. Love it, man. That's I've heard you sing this praises over and over again. So that's, that's your number one of all time. All right, here we go. <laughs> yeah, it's it's got to be it for me, man. Love it, dude. I'll just do a couple of quick shout outs too, really fast. Uh, for horror game fans, Infliction Extended Cut. Um, there's another game called Tiny Kin. It's a fun little indie game. Um, I forgot the other one. So we'll just move into my number one. Uh, my number one is going to be so controversial, but I don't care because it's my list. And it's the game I return to for indie goodness is Pumpkin Jack. I Anyone that's been around the stuff I've done will be sick of me talking about this game. Pumpkin Jack is from a few years ago. It's not a fantastic game, I'll say that, but it's my personal favorite because it's basically like the old school medieval game from PS1, but it's a 3D action adventure game that just perfectly nails the whole spooky childlike Halloween vibe. Just It just does to a T. Also shout out Costume Quest. But uh, Pumpkin Jack just gives you that perfect spooky but family-friendly vibe of moving through different like spooky areas like forests and swamps and castles and graveyards. And you just jump around as pumpkin Jack, who's a literally guy with a pumpkin on his head and you collect items, you beat up baddies. The gameplay isn't really all that great to be honest, but I return to that game constantly just because it reminds me, reminds me of that time as a kid of Halloween time. And it just, you can tell so much love was poured into making this world feel like that Halloween vibe. So it may not be the perfect game ever made because it's not, but it's my favorite indie game of all time for sure. Yeah, I, I remember like watching you talk about this on your channel back in the day, and I always thought that the gameplay just looked, once again, one of my favorite things. It had a lot of variety. It seemed like a lot of diversity with the gameplay, like cart sections where you're on rails and then just some hacking and slashing. Like The, the game looks really, really cool to me. So yeah, it's, yeah. it's one that I'll have to... to check out at some point but those are our favorite indie games of all time and mr jeffrey i think we can get out of these good people's hair here in a second I, did i miss anything or were, were that, that's all the topics right <laughs> that's it i think we covered uh we covered some good ground there so yeah definitely let us know in the comments you know what of all these sections we talked about what were your favorites not favorites where we got it wrong because i'm sure we did but hey these are our picks these are our things like but you'll have to let us know what you think so yeah, yeah. Hit us in the comments. Let us know what you think about the show. Give us some, you know, give us some feedback. Give us some some support. Hit us with a like, uh, all that good shit. Share it <laughs> to your buddies if you'd like to. Um, but yeah, man, I, I, I appreciate y'all for tuning in. I'm really excited to kick this journey off. And uh, just the editing on the editing front, Jeffrey, I'm so pumped to not have to edit so much and edit up all my <laughs> screw ups because it's so much easier talking back and forth with a human instead of talking to the damn wall. So Jeffrey, I appreciate you for, for stopping by or well, I appreciate you for joining this journey and uh, it's going to be a damn good time. That's a damn good first recording. And I am very excited for more in the future. Yeah, man, absolutely. Thanks for having me again. We're 
we're planning to do this each week together the show so you'll definitely have to let us know what you guys think of the dual format we're it's a work in progress we're going to keep on doing it brandon's already solid at what he does so give us some time we're going to keep smoothing keep rolling keep smoothing that's not a thing anyone says (laughs) smoothing but uh yeah man it was a blast i love being here and i can't wait for the next one let's let's keep talking games hashtag keep keep smoothing smoothing. keep smoothing hashtag keep smoothing see you guys soon goodbye take it easy good people (laughs) 